Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, the podcast about video games for the Nintendo fans at NegativeWorld.org. This is episode 51. This episode is being recorded on Friday, August 9th, 2013. I'm your host, Stephen, or as known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. With me, as always, is my co-host, Joe, a.k.a. Ninsage. Hello, Stephen. How's it going, Joe? Just fine, and how are you? I'm, I'm doing okay, except uh, I'm still a little under the weather from being sick, uh... Almost two weeks ago, I, well, no, it was a little over a week ago I, I got sick, and my throat's very uh, sensitive to anything, so talking might make it tickle, and I might have to cough, so I'll try to mute myself when that happens. Um, can't believe it. Yeah, I know. That's terrible. Um, Why even listen to this podcast? Everyone should just do something else. Yeah, like, uh, listen to it upside down. You know, do that instead. yeah. Or cough with me every time. Here, make it a drinking game. Every time there you go. a cough is audibly snuck into the podcast. Every time <laughs> you hear a cough, you take a shot. <laughs> and actually, I t- I did shots of moonshine um, on a in Tennessee uh, when I the night before I got sick. So I'm thinking the cold air because I was in Tennessee and and um, with my girlfriend and family and. Uh, and we had done moonshine shots the, the day before and then slept in a tent and cold air brushed. So I'm pretty convinced that, like, wrecking my throat with all that moonshine, because mm. um, it was some authentic shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And doing that, then the cold probably got my allergies or something messed up, because I've been kind of zonky uh, since then. So, I don't know. Blame it on the moonshine. Blame everything on the moonshine. Totally. But there, And that's the drinking game, though, so everyone out there... Get your uh, get your alcohol and let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. Episode fifty one through one hundred will be drinking game. Uh, you know, <laughs> a new available. one each week. Yeah, yeah, we'll okay. do it. Um, Next week will be every time I start a thought and then before finishing that thought, interject a new thought. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Okay. Every time I say but um, <laughs> you have to. Uh, well, actually, that that drinking game <laughs> was already used in How I Met Your Mother, frankly. So, you can play along with the episode, or you can play along with uh, that show. <laughs> but um, sounds good. Oh, there it was. Just kidding. That was planned. So, anyway, uh, so uh, you know, people listen to this. I'm not sure when you'll be listening to this. I know that you know we record on August 9th, but it's not like the episode comes out August 10th. There's a bit of a delay in terms of you know getting it to our editor, and then you know he has a busy schedule, and then it gets back to me. And then I have to do some finessing and. Uh, make the enhanced podcast and stuff like that. And I apologize uh, with episode 50 because you've probably been waiting a long time for it. By the time you hear this, you've definitely been able to hear episode 50 and hopefully you've heard it. But uh, it was a bad time for, for that, ep- you know, well, in our schedule, it was a bad time to have an episode be so delayed. I, I apologize. But Joe and I did record the 50, as you know now. And uh, I'll get it out there very soon. It's the weekend and I'm still super busy and I haven't had a chance to rest since I was in a whole other state for like 10 days. So, uh, and then even before that, I was having some personal issues here at home and everything's cool now. So nobody has to worry about anything, but, uh, I wasn't unable, unable to really work on anything, um, during that time. So again, I appreciate everyone's patience every episode, regardless if it's egregious like this, or if it's even a day after two weeks or whatever, we, we do try and we do care. We love Nintendo. We love you guys. So, so, uh, so yeah. Joe, Joe apparently has no opinion on that. He's like, I, I don't have... do shit. <laughs> I, <know. It's> like, <laughs> I, I did my part, man. You just, I, you, I you. just talk on him. You know? 
Yeah. Whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so thanks to everyone who listens. I mean, I feel bad every single time that I don't get it out very fast. And, uh, so I feel bad a lot. <laughs> I feel horrible. I have a low self-esteem because of this podcast. Don't um, be silly. That's why I'm going to play the drinking game along with everybody tonight. Because oh, I need no. to, uh, drink away the tears. Oh, no. I'm going to have to finish this podcast on my own. No, it's all right. I've, the good thing is I love to fucking talk. So, I'm sticking around, buddy. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what we have lined up tonight, uh, pretty much is just, we got a lot of now playing. Despite my, my lack of free time, I've been able to sneak in some, some handheld stuff, a little bit of, uh, a new game, and, and even tackle some on the backlog, a, a short game on the backlog for backlogist. So, I got stuff to talk about. Joe, you've got stuff to talk about. And then we'll discuss a little bit of the Nintendo Direct from Wednesday. Not a whole lot new with that one, but, what the hell? Let's uh, let's talk about it a little bit. So, uh, without further ado, Joe, what have you been playing, man? Well, I've been playing a couple of games on my 3DS. Um, games that I got uh, in early July for my birthday. Uh, first of which is Etrian Odyssey 4, which is a game that I basically learned about uh, from the Negative World forums, because I think it was Devoid who had a thread about the... I think I can't remember if it was about the series in general or about this fourth game uh, being, you know, a forthcoming release or what. But um, I just looked into it, and then there was a demo on the eShop, and I just thought it was like a really quirky, interesting take on the, you know, JRPG formula. Um, so I got the fourth game, and geez, I don't know how many hours I am into it. I think I'm a fair ways in, but I think it's a really, really long game because I'm in basically the third world, and I'll describe the general gameplay in a minute. But so I'm in the third world, and I thought, like, you know, I've been playing for a while. I thought, oh, I must be, you know, maybe halfway through the game or something. I looked at the then I looked at the list of um, the different like the. the Bestiary, bestiary. I don't know how you pronounce that, but the list of yeah, the list of enemies that you've encountered, right? So I was just scrolling through, and I just you know, for anything that you haven't met yet, it just has a line with question marks. And so I was going, and I went through like the first like fifty or a hundred guys or something, and then it was just like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lines without with just question marks. So. I have no idea what's in store for me for the rest of this game. I don't know if these games are like... Like I said, I'm in the third area. I don't know if there's like two dozen or what, or if it just gets really... Like if the diversity of monsters just goes off the charts after, you know, as I continue the game. But So there's still a lot to do, even though I feel like I'm fairly far into it. But so the way that these games work, if anyone is not familiar, it's uh, it's basically like a typical turn-based RPG. You are able to craft your party from the get-go, so it's kind of like uh, Dragon Warrior Three, um, where you you know you don't have set characters. You just you begin the game and you just pick. I want you know this class and this class and this class. And you make a party of five characters and you take them out and you know see what works and then you can go back and create new characters if you don't think a certain class is working for you or what so it's pretty much fully customizable yeah yeah huh. completely even um, down to like the name of the person yeah 
Yeah, you give them names. I, I named mine uh, <laughs> all. The, I, I went in with uh, obscure colors. So uh, you also have to name your guild. So I named my guild Chroma, which just means color. And then I went with like just all these different weird names for obscure colors. And it was kind of based on because the one of them I named Sage after, you know, Insage. Insage, yeah, makes sense. So, and that's like a certain shade of green or whatever, so then I just looked up all these other crazy colors like Nacarac and uh, Melanic and Minium. And so those are my, those are my party members. But, um, so yeah, so the, the fighting is um, totally turn-based and it's the kind of view, again, like early Dragon Quest where you just see the enemy, you don't see your party at all. Um, which kind of works well in the 3D. You know, you just get like a 3D first-person perspective of the enemies. Um, but what is so unique about this series, I think its defining feature, is that it's largely based on navigating these dungeons, and you do not have an auto-map. You are responsible for making the map by yourself. Uh, the one thing it does for you is, uh, as you walk along this grid... It, it does mark where you have been, so it's a it's an auto map in that sense. But it doesn't give you any details. So if you want to mark, you know, like, well, this is a wall that I can't get through, then you have to draw the little line around the grid. Uh, and if you want to say, like, oh, here's a spot where you can mine things, uh, or here's a hidden passage, you know, you gotta you gotta mark all that on the lower screen on the touch screen with your stylus. And I know that it, it you know, it sounds like tedium and it sounds like work. And it sounds like the kind of thing that, you know, most games have advanced so that you don't ever have to do. Uh, it really is fun. And I don't know why it's fun, but I enjoy making the map. And I think, honestly, I feel I get like this weird nostalgia for, you know, back in the early days when you would have to make maps for yourself for games. And it was fun. I mean, it was enjoyable. It, like, I feel like I'm playing Final Fantasy 1 all over again, even though this the gameplay actually has Evolved. very little to do with oh. Final Fantasy One. So, but uh, but yeah. So um, the other the other sort of interesting thing about this game is like you are really based in your sort of hub town, and that's where you have you know different you know the weapon shop and the inn that you can stay at and then this uh this sort of like i guess it's sort of like a uh like a dance club or something but it's where you get quests and such and you report to the local count and everything but none of it you don't walk around it's just you just have a list of different locations and you just click through them and you know hit a and then all of a sudden you're in the weapon shop or whatever so there's no so even though you spend a lot of time in this hub town you don't navigate the town uh, like you would in, again, most other RPGs. It's extremely basic in that sense. Um, and then it's basically you just, you know, you can click to leave town, and then you get a choice of if you want to fly your airship, you know, to a dungeon you visited before. Most of the time you can go straight there, or you go to the general land, which is what I was describing earlier. And so far, I've seen three of those general lands. And the dungeons are a subset of the lands. Um, and even as you're going through these different lands, it's like you won't be able to do the whole thing in one go. Like it's sort of, 
you know, like how games like Metroid would create these like artificial barriers where, you know, you don't have a certain weapon, so you can't get through there just yet. So the way this game works is like there'll be parts of the first land that you can see, but you can't get to because when you start, like your airship can't fly high enough, for instance. So you can see them, maybe you make note of them on your map, and then you'll know, okay, I'm going to come back later. Um, so for instance, I just did a quest last night where I was supposed to find this one tree, but, um, there was this, I saw a tree on my map, but I couldn't get to it because there was this one monster that was way too strong and he was like literally guarding it. Like his, his little path is just like literally walking around this tree, uh, just getting in between you and this tree. So I had to just wait and sort of do other stuff for a long time and level up and then eventually get strong enough that I could beat this monster and then go past him and then get to the tree and then finish that quest. So there are a number of nonlinear elements um, because of the way that the game is designed. Um, so in that regard, it's kind of different than Final Fantasy 1. I, I mean, you're getting that kind of Final Fantasy 1 vibe. Uh, in terms of, I guess, the way that you have to handle some of the progression, but yet mm -hmm. it's uh, it's kind of uh, not really novel per se, but just you know what I mean. Certainly, yeah, certainly different than than you know the. It's it's designed in a more mature way as yeah. far as your thought process. It's not so linear. It's uh, right. Yeah, it's really kind of you really don't know where exactly you're supposed to go next. I mean, because you will, when you get to a new land, you might you might see two or three different dungeons that you can access, but you don't know if one has substantially more difficult monsters in it, uh, you know, which is supposed to sort of silently indicate to you that you shouldn't be here yet, um, or if the other one has more of the quests that you happen to be working on at the time, you know, so all of that is really up to you to discover. Uh, and it's kind of fun. It's you know, it's made me approach the game with like a really um, just sort of like I want to use the word casual, but that's a very loaded term. But like, I just feel like I can just play it and kind of wander around and, you know, like just I don't know. Um, normally when I play games, I feel like I have to have like a purpose, like I have to have an objective, like I'm going to, you know, turn the game on and I'm going to do this, this and this for so many hours and you know, when I turn the game off, I will feel that I accomplished something. But this game is really like, there's no rush to the end or to get anywhere. It's just, it's really a lot of exploring and thinking and analyzing. And, you know, it's it's very different. It's very different than a lot of RPGs that I've played. Um, and there's something about that sort of quiet draw that the game has that has really just... Uh, hooked me for the entire series so i know that they are remaking the first game for 3ds and that's supposed to come out uh, i think maybe only in japan in the next couple months but i do believe it has been confirmed for the west and i think i just saw yesterday about pre-order bonuses and stuff so you know i'm all in i'm uh i'm really excited for that and i hope that i am even close to done with this game by the time that one comes out because like i said i mean this this could be immense i mean i have it's very difficult to tell. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I, had you seen anything about this game or series, or had it ever crossed your radar? It's crossed my radar a little bit in hearsay from other podcasts. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I I know it's very good from what I've heard. It's pretty highly praised. Oh yeah, because because a lot of this sort of tedium, I'm sure, would would turn a lot of people off. I don't know. I've, I mean, I, from the perspective I've gathered is that people who play this game and enjoy it kind of expected that, mm. and uh, and so they're appreciating it for what it is, despite you know maybe some sort of repetitious flaws. Yeah. Uh, I also worth mentioning that this is the first game that has a mode where you um, <laughs> it's basically an easy mode. Because uh, I guess this series is also known for its intense difficulty. Uh, I don't typically play games for challenge i don't like to be frustrated uh so well more and more these days i'm kind of the same way i mean i want a challenge but i don't who said it i think it was on it was on another podcast for sure but somebody implied that you know when you're younger you have more time for things and for games and you have less games or you had less games to play so you spent more time with them but nowadays there's just almost a plethora of games out there and you don't have all the time in the world. So you kind of, like, for me anyway, I prefer to have games that are challenging, but not so challenging when we stuck in them forever because yeah. I want to kind of get through the experience. I want to experience it and then move on. Right, right. So so that's the mode I'm doing. And as, as far as I know, that mode allows for two key differences. One is that just strictly, I guess, all the monsters are just much easier, which, I mean, I feel that the difficulty is, like, perfect. So if it was substantially more difficult than this i can't even imagine uh playing it uh and the other difference is that if you die in the original mode you your only option is to load up your previous save anything that you have you know all your level grinding all of your the items you acquired or bought you know that's all gone uh, in the original mode so but in this easy mode it's just like you die and i think you lose either half your money or a certain amount of your money and you just get warped back to town so that is you know that is very reasonable in my opinion um because you you know this game you do die every so often i mean it is it is a, a a real occurrence in this game as opposed to some other series where it's like you never really close to dying so it's well and when you die, do you lose a character like in Fire Emblem, or... Oh, no, no, no. Okay. No, just everyone gets wiped out, and you wake up at the end, and a certain Pokemon yeah. is gone. Yeah. And most of their RPGs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that this mode is just perfect, and if the, if the previous mode was too too much of a barrier for, you know, for, for people, then I could really understand that, and I hope that uh, going forward, I hope that like when, as they're remaking the first one and you know any others they release, I hope that they keep this mode in mind because it might be a little bit too much for me if if they didn't have this. You know, like I said, I enjoy wandering around and doing all that, but if I was wandering around for an hour and then all of a sudden ran into a monster I wasn't prepared for and then lost all that, that would not be very fun. So, so that's my thoughts on those on that game. Um, the only other thing I've been playing is a game that you are familiar with. Okay. It's called Animal Crossing New Leaf. Oh, yeah, that old thing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you might have heard about that. Which lately, for me, it has been common old things. I haven't had time to sit down with it, which is really depressing me, but... That's so sad. But you, I believe, have had a lot of time with it, huh? I mean... Yes. When did you get it, exactly? Uh, just about a month ago. Just a little over a month ago. Okay. So that, yeah, that... That means that you've had a lot of time to actually get into the 
into the game, you you probably have some shops that have upgraded. Mm-hmm. You you got well, the ball rolling. I like the way you put it because because I was playing it just like I, I was approaching it like I would typically approach any new game where I was just you know playing it for you know whenever I could find time um, and for long stretches of time. And I told you that I felt like after the first maybe two or three weeks, I was starting to maybe run out of things to do. And then you said uh, something to the effect of, well, you're probably done with the sprint of the game, but now the marathon begins or something like that. That's right. And I think that was a very good way to put it because I think, you know, really after you, after you, break the seal on the game it's like uh once you get to the meat of it uh it's really the kind of game where you just you know, sort of like check in yeah uh, every day or every other day like today at lunch uh you know i had some food and then i turned it on really quick and i went and got my shrunk emotion ah uh, yeah and then you know put it away because i don't have time for it but i at least want to get that before eight o'clock because i keep forgetting to even open my ds before eight o'clock and uh so you know that's that's been Mm-hmm. been uh been going on that's kind of been my play and then i try to play it a little bit at night so you're kind of in that mode now too yeah pretty much where every day it's like i have this sort of um this checklist of of you know this order in which i do things it's like first get out the shovel and the watering can go water any flowers that are about to die go dig up the fossils um sell any fossils that uh aren't gonna you know, that aren't new. Uh, also, um, hit the rocks. Got to find the, the money rock every day. Mm-hmm. And then the fake rock. So that's also with the shovel. Yeah, that's always funny because you get used to your town and then you're just walking around <laughs> and you realize it doesn't seem right. And you just I know. I know. I know. I love that. I just, it just, it's so funny because I just, every time I see that rock out of place, I just, I feel like, who do you think you're fooling <laughs> You're right. not a real rock. There's a uh, there was a part in my town. I mean, I, it was a while ago, so I kind of don't remember. But I, I have some flower formations for design purposes, and suddenly there's a rock smack dab in the middle of my design, and I was like, "Well, that wasn't there yesterday." You know, it was just kind of funny. It did almost like there's like Peekman underneath it who just keep running around your town <laughs> or something, or like you know one of your villagers just like doing that to piss you off. You know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, question about the money rock. What is the, um, I can only ever get eight things to pop out. Uh, let's see. As far as I know, wait, that... no, 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 seven. Sorry. Seven. Okay. It is eight. You can, eight you can surround, limit. yeah, you can surround the, the rock with it. I've um, never been fast enough. Are you, are you just hitting it, you know, bare knuckle, so to speak, or are you putting a wall behind you so you don't fall back? No, I just try to hit it fast that's why because every time you hit it with the shovel you slightly bump back mm-hmm. and that it's it it's really hard or possibly impossible to get all eight without having some sort of buffer so um something that you could do is just dig a hole behind you but i'd recommend digging three because that way you are guaranteed to to not move because you'll shift in one direction right if you just have one hole and so this way you kind of will shift into a pocket and you'll be fine if there's a tree there, you can use that as well. If it's near a building, use that to your advantage. But uh, it also can be kind of tedious to dig three holes behind every hole. Exactly. Every rock. So, um, okay. Well, good at some to know. point, I mean, it brings you a lot of bells. You get like 1,600 or 16,000 something. So it can be a big deal 
Uh, yeah. If you, especially if you don't go to the island and, and beetle hunt, which is like a big deal. But uh, Love the beetles. But I just haven't had time to do that, frankly, so I probably should be hunting that, that money rock. But uh, no, that means you drink everybody, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, you, you do that, and that kind of helps you out. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then so then I uh, then I go check out all the shops. Uh, I've been buying uh, saplings every day because I want to get that golden axe eventually. I think I have to buy fifty or something. Wait, there's ROMs in this game? What? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, have you Don't been buying um, flowers as well? I have been, but I forgot why. Tell because me why I've been you uh, you'll get a silver watering can okay. for getting fifty of those. Gotcha. gotcha. Well, that should be pretty soon then, because it's two a day, right? Yeah. And I kept waiting. I kept thinking, "Come on, today's the day," and it wasn't. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then randomly, I bought him. And then he actually stops you after you buy him and says, "Hey, you know what? You've been buying a lot from my shop. Let me give you this." Oh, so he'll awesome. he'll flat out tell you. So it's not something that you have to get in the mail or anything like that. Oh, that's good. Well, because I because uh, it's hard to tell the difference between some of the. Like a silver watering, like the default watering can is kind of silver, silverish. Yeah. So sometimes I see it for sale in the shop, and I every time I go and check. But yeah, definitely no, you don't have to worry about that. It's definitely not for sale. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, I would recommend having a slot open because I don't know if it'll not tell you if you have a full slot. And he can't give it to you. Interesting. Although my guess is he probably would say it and then be like, "Oh, well, you know, you don't have enough room, so I'll give it to you later." Yeah, yeah. That's I how like that little slot guy. Sounds in my head, by the way. He's cute. He's so forgetful. Yeah, no, Leaf is pretty good. He's one of my favorite <laughs> characters uh, from this. I think he was in previous versions, but I don't really remember. So I don't uh, know. He might not have been. Yeah. So, yep, do my shopping. I still still haven't found that me pair of shoes yet. Still no. still a little unhappy with my, my brown loafers. But, uh, you know, I'm looking for, like, a good, classy pair of sneakers. Yeah, I've got what could probably be like Sonic the Hedgehog feet. They're just blue. <laughs> and they kind of clash with my frog suit because I'm wearing the entire frog costume. So, I didn't even know there was a frog costume. Yeah. I mean, it's not like frog costume like Mario's frog costume, but, you know, we got a frog shirt or frog tee, I guess, and then green yeah. pants and a frog hat. I can let you catalog it if you'd like. Sweet, because I have sweet. a, uh, I got a bear hat thing. Which I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, it's similar to that. Mm-hmm. Have you actually been to my town yet? I don't know. We played together once or twice, and I can't mm-hmm. remember if first I first time to... was at someone else's town entirely. It was oh, a third party. Okay. Interesting. And I think I might have came over to your place once, but I didn't stay long. Again, I just haven't had a lot of time to play. Mm. What is uh what is the name of your town and what is it what does it mean again? Because I just think of Lucario every time I <laughs> Your town. No, my town name is Luchula. Okay. And that's Italian for Firefly. Oh, you told me that. Yeah, and that was derived from uh, all my towns previously have been like pleasant names in different languages. So there's Plaisant, which is French for uh, pleasant. Then there's Odayaka, which is Japanese for something kind of related, some sort of synonym to pleasant. Huh. And then I also had. Uh, Tranquil, which is English for tranquil. <laughs> and um, so I was trying to think of something like that, and I couldn't really find any names that were eight characters or less, but also were very kind of serene sounding. Mm. Some of them, especially some Japanese words, were just like horrendously bad. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> and Yeah, my, eight characters is pretty stringent. 
you know, for it a is. Town we'll name? get into that in, in just two seconds because I do okay. have a comment on that. I agree. Right. But, uh, but no, my girlfriend, she studied Italian last semester and we have a little inside thing with fireflies just to, to our, you know, puppy love romanticism just kind of, it was part of our life and everything. So I was like, you know what? That sounds pretty nice in Italian. So I'll go with that. It's kind of an homage to her. Cool. This is my first Animal Crossing game, uh, where I was into it and I had a girlfriend at the same time. So, you know, I figured why not? Why not? But back to the name thing, that is kind of a restriction that is kind of bogus. Yeah, I mean... I understand the point of limiting each cartridge to one town, and if you want to start a new one, you have to wipe it. Because if you have multiple towns, that could potentially maybe allow you to trade with yourself mm-hmm. and, and do some weird things that, I guess, kind of break the spirit of the game. Mm-hmm. But having eight characters, come on. Yeah, that's just weird. I mean, my I name know. alone is seven characters, and sometimes some games to this day still don't allow that. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just odd. I, I, I don't know. I have no explanation for. And it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what the explanation is. I, I'm sure back in the day there was a a reason for like bits and how much memory sure. you know, something could hold, that kind of thing. Sure. But, but there age, is a lot of text in this game, so yeah. I'm pretty sure they could have handled for something as major as your town name. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get not allow, allowing too many because you don't want someone who's like my town supercalifragilisticexpialidocious mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I mean, even ten would have helped a lot of people when we were playing the uh, not playing, but when we were kind of preparing and discussing the game before it came out. A lot of people were putting out the names they wanted to have, and they were nine characters. Yeah. So yep. let's go into the double digits. You know, just at the at the bottom yep. of that. <laughs> yep. I because uh, I because my town uh, the town of Awataku. Which is uh, obviously Awada's last name. And then uh, I was looking for, like, I knew that in Japan there was, um, you know, like suffixes that would, you know, indicate a town, which is not unlike every other part of the world. But, you know, like how, like, parts of Europe will have, like, Thyssenberg and, you know, Middle East has Thyssenstan and whatever. So I was looking up those. And most all of them are three or four characters and so i just i just couldn't use them the the only one ku is the only one that's even remotely uh applicable at two characters and uh, like that means uh ward or you know subdivision of a town something like that so you know that's fine but it's not what i wanted but sure. it's what i had to deal with it's not what you wanted <laughs> true <laughs> mm-hmm so yeah. Um So who are some of the people in your town? Okay. Well I'll list first I'll I'll tell you some of my people. favorites. Yeah. Uh my favorite is Kevin the pig. Okay. Are you familiar with Kevin? No. Okay. I've got Spork the pig in my town. He's pretty awesome. Oh that's I go fishing. And in fact I think I'm gonna use that screenshot for uh the enhanced podcast. Cool. For this segment. Um I, I looked him up on Nookopedia. And found that uh, I guess he's named Kevin because he is a pig, and pigs yield bacon. Kevin Bacon. Oh, jeez. Yep. You know, I don't know how much. I wonder sometimes how much of that's true and how much of that's just kind of conceived after the fact. Oh, I like that stuff though. That's fun. <laughs> Although I wouldn't put it past Nintendo, especially uh, the especially whoever made this the game. localization team for this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so he's a favorite, and then next I gotta say is Pico, who is a little, uh, 
a little she's she's like a polar bear cub. Oh man, really? Yep. How she's cool is that? Awesome. And she's got a whole like obviously her name is Pico. Uh, she's got a whole Chinese vibe, so she's kind of like like her ears on top of her head are sort of done up like uh, almost like Chun Li's got the little like balls of hair kind of thing. That's and, amazing. Like, her door is Asian and her interior stuff Asian. She's she's really awesome. And then third is uh, Gwen the penguin, which I didn't even realize until like last week. I was saying to my wife, I was like, "Oh, she's named Gwen because she's a penguin." <laughs> my wife was like, "Seriously, you're just realizing this now?" But hey, I just <laughs> realized it. So and she's been in the series for a long time. I had uh, her yeah. once. So yeah, she's cool. You know, she's not too anything, but she's a penguin and she looks cool. So I like her. Yeah. Um, my least favorites, uh, one of them I've gotten rid of, which was great. Took a lot of doing, but finally she left. She was, um, Sylvia, the kangaroo. Why isn't she like a kangaroo? Well, it's just kind of, there's just something really off-putting about how, like, there's a little kid in her pouch that no one is addressing. Was she kangarooed? <laughs> no. No? Okay. Just checking. <laughs> it's just like, no one is acknowledging that there's another person. You know, it never speaks. She never speaks about it. Hey, but what it's about when when she doesn't have a person inside you or inside her, and you say, "Hey, are you uh, you have a person inside you?" I mean, when that happens in real life, that you're just calling a fat person. You know, you're uh, calling attention to it. So I see. So yeah. it's a politeness thing. Yeah, it's a politeness thing. Okay. Well, I thought it was a weirdness thing. So no, I guess it is kind of weird. It's kind of like how King Ascon also had a. Like a thing in itself, a baby. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like why? Like what if Pikachu ran up and and just like electrocuted the baby? Like what would happen in the battle if that happened? So I don't know. No, that's a hundred percent true. I mean, like I thought the limit was six people in your party for Pokemon, but now here, <laughs> now you've got seven. Anyway, um, yes, and I I really shout out to uh, Wicked Symphony. And vids from the forums because first of all they've been helping me greatly. Uh, first of all, Wicked Symphony is on pretty much twenty four hours a day, which is yes, cool. yeah. But she's been a great help to me too. She's been very generous and she's very yes. fun to uh, hang out with. Her town's awesome. Yes, totally awesome. Starlight, everyone go check I don't out know. Starlight. In fact, I really, she really should submit her Dreamtown code for the thread so we can actually go view it whenever we want. Because yeah. I highly recommend it. Her house is amazing. And I, and I was there like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's even better now. Mm-hmm. So she had a townsperson named Derwin. And he's a little duck or platypus. Yeah, yeah. A little dork. But she wasn't too crazy about him. And I thought he was hilarious. So I really wanted him. And we've sort of, the three of us lately have been working in tandem. Because he was going to be moving out. And I was going to have one of, one of my people was moving out on the same day. Which was yesterday. And we were trying to coordinate it, so I was going to talk to Derwin at the right time and have him move over. But I don't know. There's just something. It's just not. It's just not happening. I think because my guy hasn't moved out yet. Hey, don't don't be discouraged because the guy that I couldn't stand and I got rid of my town, unfortunately, like a week later, entered my girlfriend's town. <laughs> oh, really? So yeah, she's pissed about it because she hates him too. Uh, it's poor Ricky the squirrel. But Sounds vaguely familiar. I'm just not a fan of unibrowed squirrels. Just no, why do they have like multiple squirrels that have unibrowed? I don't know. And you know, when I see them in real life, I get pissed off too. So, 
It's like, get, um, a, get a razor. Deal with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, truly. And, you know, speaking of that, I, I got, uh, I street passed with a friend of mine uh, last week at his wedding reception, which shows you how awesome this guy is. It wasn't me, right? No. <laughs> that sounds like something I do. Yeah, no, he was, he was pretty awesome. Hell, I should put that in the invitations. <laughs> buy a 3DS. <laughs> if you want to give me a gift, buy a 3DS and street pass me. <laughs> so Actually, I'm just going to have my reception at McDonald's. That's the better idea. Oh, nice. Now, now with the new upgrade to the 3DS. Yeah, Nintendo's own. <laughs> I hope they're not um, already booked, though, because that's probably a popular uh, thing in certain areas. Could be. But so I got one of his people moved into my town, and I'm going to keep him just because, uh, you know, the novelty of having a friend's former resident. But it's a sheep, and the sheep, they look all right. They look gigantic. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're yeah. cute. They're so fluffy. That's That's fine. But it's a female sheep, and it has horns. That's just not right. Well, <laughs> so I, I don't judge. So, so that's it's a little weird, but I guess it's the details that I shouldn't really get caught up in. But so anyway, Animal Crossing is awesome. What um what has your experience been like with this game, and you know, especially versus the previous games that you've played? Okay, well, first let me. I didn't really talk about my town last time, so I'll go through it because I know people are dying to hear what's happening in Luchula. Uh, well, hopefully, when you, if you've heard this by now, uh, episode 50 started with a fun little radio play, uh, play, well, play on the radio type voice about my town and everything. So if you couldn't understand what town name I said, it was Luchula. And that said, uh, right now, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, I got nine people, so I have room for one more person after kicking Ricky out finally. That was pretty awesome. Uh, before him, I'd kicked out Hazel, who's another... Ah, no one likes Hazel. <clears throat> no, she's just horrible. I don't know. Although, you know what? There are some people on... And we'll get into this later, too. The uh, Animal Crossing Plaza that just was released for the Wii U, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. But people... You know, you can post on any... Uh, you can post based on the characters that are in the plaza, so you can kind of go to any character that you like and say, oh, you know, I have fun with this guy, or here's a picture of me and this guy. And I went into Ricky's thing just to post, like, hey, I'm glad he's gone, and that kind of thing. And there's some people out there, though, who are just like, oh, I want him so bad, or, yes, he's in my town finally, and I'm just thinking, what the hell? <laughs> but isn't that so cool how, you know, everyone's got their own... Well, it makes me really happy, because when I when I went into Ricky's house... And I took a picture of myself doing the happy singing emoticon or emoticon or whatever uh, around all of his boxed up items. I felt kind of shitty about that afterwards. <laughs> and I was like, and I told my girlfriend, I said, I hope that he finds a happy home, though. There's got to be someone out there who appreciates him. And apparently there are. So, uh, unfortunately, he took a, a wrong you know, turn in Albuquerque and, and ended up at my girlfriend's town of, uh, the hell is her town name now? It's been so long. Uh, Elefante, I believe. So, which is uh, Italian for elephant. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. But I didn't care for him. I didn't care for her. I luckily did get started off with Sydney. And if you could guess, uh, it's a koala. Ah, I didn't even know there were koalas. Yeah, and she's a sweetheart. She's she's a really cool koala. She, uh, She keeps to herself quite a bit. And I've got Jitters, who, he's like a, a bird that likes to work out and stuff like that. The workout mentality is always so funny to me. That's what Kevin is. That's my, my boy Kevin. Um, he's one of the uh, workout types. 
And it's, I'm not trying to complain about my characters, per se. I mean, I've got a cat named, I guess, Ankh-ka? I don't know how to yeah, pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The but Egyptian thing. Yeah, she's like Egyptian and whatever. But I have mostly cats, dogs, and birds, which is so boring in a way. You know, they're mm. just so plain. I'm so... This, this game has a lot of new characters that I've never kind of experienced before, animal-type-wise. Like, you had the sheep, you had the kangaroo. I've never had those before, so uh, I would like to to experience that, you know? And so, I don't know, I'm kind of working on maybe getting rid of people, but I, I'm not, I don't hate anyone else right now, so, but I just want some variety in there. Uh-huh. I mean, if I look at my map right now, I've got Butch, who's a dog, I've got, you know, Jitter's the bird, which is kind of a boring thing, Spork's the pig, he's there, but then I've got Anka, who's the cat, Olivia, who's a cat that I've had since the beginning of the whole series, so I was kind really? of happy to see her, yeah, it was kind of cool yeah. to see her coming to town. But then I've got uh, Jacques, who's another bird. Punchy, who's another cat. And uh, Punchy, think about him. He sent me the same letter four times now, <laughs> asking me. He, he says, I'm doing my crossword puzzle, and I'm stuck on a word. It's a nine-letter word for, and then he pretty much, the answer's crossword. So I'm pretty sure he's got dementia. <laughs> and I even responded to him after the third one, saying, hey, here's a tip. You know, it's, it's crossword. <laughs> and, he, then, and then just today I got that letter again. So the poor guy's going, I got to send him to a home or something. Uh, that's sad. But mm-hmm. the last person in my town is actually one of my favorites because I've created a whole backstory for her. Her <laughs> name's Pinky, and she's a she's a pink bear. And yeah. I swear, she's, a, she's the cougar of my town. She's <laughs> the one going around, knocking on doors, kind of flirting with everybody. She's looking for a guy. She's, she's like Sex in the City in Animal Crossing. Okay. And it's creepy because now that I've created this mentality, uh, you'll find that if you're in my town, like I've I've left say Nook's shop, and I'm kind of standing right. I'm about to go into across the train tracks back in my town, and I've put the game down before, and then out of nowhere she just runs across. Like I swear she's always <laughs> like peeping me out, you know. She mm-hmm. randomly shows up everywhere. I go to get coffee. There she is in uh in the coffee shop, whatever. Which is probably something you haven't experienced yet, but. No, um, not yet. It is part of the game, and they've done it differently this time than they than they ever have before. But uh, she's just she's just hilariously kind of whatever. She goes to the to uh, you know DJ KK all by herself, probably to meet guys and stuff like that. I just mm-hmm. I appreciate her effort, and uh, so I kind of encourage that as much as she's also kind of creepy. But but she's really funny. And then I've made her. I think right now her phrase is "kiss me." Oh, so I've I've kind of used that uh, that functionality to uh, to address her personality. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good that you found a way to have fun with it. Yeah, you know, I mean, at first I was pimping out Negative World to everybody on the on the uh, on the game. I have some people call me Doctor F, <laughs> Doctor nice. Fink. I think, yeah, Doctor F, or no, yeah, they call me Doctor Fink. And then uh, I don't know if you're an anim- or not animal. Um, Arrested Development fan? Oh, no. I probably would be if I took the time to watch it, but I just haven't. You really should. It's amazing. But this is a reference from Season 3 for anyone listening, but I have people uh, calling me Mr. S. And, of course, S for Steven instead of F for Mr. F, which is from the show. But hmm. it's it's funny. It amuses my girlfriend and I. So Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my experience with it's been pretty good. I I know some people from the boards know about the special room I was creating for my girlfriend in honor of her, because uh, as 
I don't know if anyone knows this out there, but we're currently in a long distance relationship. We don't get to see each other very much. She's still going to school and stuff like that. And so Animal Crossing has been a way for us to kind of connect, you know, and spend time together in kind of a fun, unique way. So uh-huh. what I did is when I got my back room of my house, I, I blocked it off with a bench so she could never go in there by herself. And I just started working on it. And I started putting in, uh, I, I wish I was in the room right now so I could describe it better, but I was in, uh, or I would put in red roses. I had some saved some fireflies from July or whenever it was, June, I think is when they left. So I stocked up on fireflies just to have those, even though they don't really light up the room or anything. Uh-huh. Um, there's this one lamp that's kind of got a red hue to it, so that was kind of like romantic lighting. Uh, I got a table. I've got like a chocolate fountain uh, on a on a desk. I had a little gift for her, which I'll get into in a sec too. And uh, I had a fireplace in the back, and I had some signs that had like hearts. And then I not just not just my kind of artwork that I've done that you can do anywhere, your designs, but actual like LED signs, there's one in the game and you can customize it. Right, right, right. Which is pretty cool. So I had it all decked out and then on the table was uh, was some food and stuff and so when I actually saw her recently um, I kind of said, hey, let's play and then I was all dressed uh, to the nines, you know, and in my... Uh, <laughs> HHA jacket because I didn't actually have like a tux or anything I just couldn't find it or whatever but um, but yeah so it was just all nice and then I told her I said hey put on something nice you know so she got a cute outfit on that she liked and then uh, then I took her and then we had quote unquote dinner you know which was turkey and uh, New Year's noodles and stuff like that which I had borrowed from a friend uh, the New Year's mm-hmm. noodles and actually so it was just a whole big thing it was just really sweet it was nice to do it in person as opposed to you know via the, the web, I mean, it, it was it was like a whole five-minute thing. I mean, this sounds like it's much more elaborate, but it was just a nice <laughs> thing. But I, I just wanted to, you know, do something nice and cute and romantic or whatever, and she loved it. And uh, but the, the turkey thing, actually, is a really funny story, and I don't want to dwell too long on this game, uh, and, you know, longer, but there's a site that I've talked about called AnimalCrossingCommunity.com, and it's a pretty cool site. I, I, you know, it's it's a forum. Most mostly, it's just a big forum for Animal Crossing, and there's a lot of people with a lot of different ages. So, you know, your experience may vary. Um, the mods there are incredibly, I don't know, I, they're just strict. I would say. Okay. Uh, I once mentioned, like, I posted some stuff that I had posted on Negative World over there, and the one time it was cool because I didn't like mention Negative World. I just posted it, but then the second time I said, hey, you know. If you guys like this, there's other stuff at, at Negative World, and that was just a big no-no. I was, like, trying to steal... Th- I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah. Hopefully, they're not listening to this, because... Uh, well, they don't necessarily know my username. I don't know. Point is, there's a big trading thing there, like, threads. There's hundreds of threads a day for trading. It's so big. Okay. It's just... So many people have found it over the years, and so there's a lot of activity. And I really wanted the, the turkey, because I saw it in, uh, in the Animal Crossing Guide, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Turns out the turkey is Japanese downloadable content, and it's not uh, purchasable. So you, when you catalog it, you can't rebuy it, and that really pisses me off about this DLC stuff. And I'll get into that maybe in a sec. But so apparently, it's infinitely challenging to find, and if you do find it, people want like 20 million for it. Okay. I don't have that much time to rack up 20 million. I haven't even earned that much total because my house hasn't even paid off yet. Right. And it kind of annoys me this whole concept of 
uh, you know, because I have so much time, I can save up all these bells to a point where I get that things should have value. And I'm not trying to say that the market shouldn't exist, even though it is digital goods. I understand that things should take time and people should be compensated for their, their the effort that they put in to get the item. But $20 million for a turkey is just effed up. Yeah, describe this just so I know I'm picturing the right thing. Is this like a like a turkey, like a dinner turkey? Yeah. It's, okay. like a, it's like a Thanksgiving dinner type thing. It's a platter gotcha. with, a, with a full cooked turkey on it. Gotcha. And it was just the perfect like food because there isn't a lot of food items out there that just would have fit for my theme. And it was really important for me to get this theme done because it meant a lot to me, you know, personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, And so I was just like hunting this thing down. And I was just so pissed off at those forums because of how they handled their their infrastructure, I guess. People were just so greedy. There was somebody who uh, who wanted Bubblegum KK, the song, and I hey, had it. Hey, that's the only one I have. Is it? Yeah. Well, somebody wanted it, and uh, and someone's like, oh, well, I'll give it to you for, you know, 10,000 bells or blah. And they're just, all these, and I'm like, it's an effing song. I said, hey, come over to my town. I'll let you catalog it for free. And then I end up giving it to him for free because like, I can order another one. And I know that I'm not everybody, and you can't do that for everything, but whatever happened to people doing nice things for people in a video game? Mm -hmm. I really don't understand why this game, at least with that site, has turned into some sort of feeding frenzy of bell collection and, and, you know, DLC ownership, and it's just sick. So I kind of pissed on a few threads that were really bad. And I probably shouldn't have, because, hey, it's, if they're having fun, they're having fun. I'm not going to knock them for it. But it, I just wanted that effing turkey, right? <laughs> so, funny enough, that woman who I first talked to about Bubblegum KK, or, no, there's a guy, or, I don't know, somebody, some genderless being, I don't know, who wanted Bubblegum KK. I gave it to them. Another person asked me, because they saw my my kindness, I guess, in that thread, and for some reason it just never happened. I, we never worked out of time. I never got her friend code. And uh, so we had interacted, but we never actually made the exchange. Well, later there was a thread that was auctioning off some items that were Japanese DLC. One of them was a turkey. And I said, oh, you know, I put in this, but I know I'm going to be outbid because it was like under a million. And it's all I had. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of lamented a little bit more. And I kind of went on my rant about what I, why I wanted the turkey. And uh, actually, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Before this, and don't worry, listeners, this won't take too long. Before this, uh, there was a girl who was really cool, and she was giving, just letting people catalog the hell out of all the stuff that was catalogable from Europe and Japan and stuff like that. So, and she said, "Just give me whatever you feel you want to give." So I was like, "Sweet, um, here's X amount of bells, and I threw in a couple items, I think." And uh, and then she let me catalog all this stuff. So when I kind of showed her the prototype room and what I was doing and everything, just because I was just showing it off and whatever, she said that, or later I think maybe a week later she had gotten the turkey and uh, the New Year's noodles from a friend. But again, you can't reorder them, so she didn't want to give them to me, but she said I could borrow them for the event. I was like, that's really nice of her, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, she understands that this ridiculous notion of mine to make some sort of romantic gesture via Animal Crossing right. uh, was worth enough to let me borrow her uh, pretty coveted item. And I actually still am trying to give it back to her. Maybe tonight I'll be able to do it. Her internet spotty. She's from freaking, um, I think, Thailand? Okay. Or something like that. So she's on the other side of the globe. She's probably sleeping right now. And we're, we're recording this at 7-something Eastern. So uh, so it was just crazy that you know I could connect with somebody from across the globe who helps me get a turkey for my girlfriend. You know what I mean? It's just it's a ridiculous story. 
So I got it, but I wanted my own because it really bummed me out that I wouldn't be able to keep the room as is after it was all done, because I have no reason to dismantle it. And so I kind of lamented in that one thread I was mentioning, the auction thread, and, and of course I was hoping that maybe there'd be like a breakfast club type moment where like, or just an 80s movie in general type moment where like people see that and they kind of like maybe slow clap in their own mind. <laughs> and they kind of like let me have it, even though they want it to. Right. The next post after mine was, I already have one, but I want it anyway. And then he bids over me. It's like, dick, you know? Mm. And so all this freaking work for a jerk. And I was like, ah, screw this. So I went to work and I get home and I get a really weird post from, from the owner of the, of the thing talking about like Katrina says that someone's going to come visit my town and they're going to, if my gate is open, I will be rewarded. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and... And then I get another PM from the person who I had talked to about Bubblegum KK before, and I kind of had a feeling what was going on, but I didn't want to believe it. And uh, and I open the gates, and she comes in, she drops a turkey on my on my uh, floor of my the ground, and then leaves. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I didn't pay cool. anything for this. Yeah, she just dropped it off. And so through PMs later, I realized that I didn't realize this before, but her son was the guy owning or owning that auction. And he actually ran to his mom and was like, dude, look at this guy. It's kind of like sweet what he's trying to do. And she's, and then she just happens to know me from a few weeks prior. And there's tons of people on the site. So the fact that this kind of worked out that way was amazing. So she's like, oh, we got to do this for him then. You know, when she heard the story and everything. So it just all worked out. And then I had it. I did borrow the New Year, uh, the New Year's noodles still. And I'll give those back, but I'll replace that with something else. And uh, the turkey was the big deal for me. So the fact that I like beat the system and didn't have to pay like a billion effing bells for a turkey. Mm-hmm. I felt so happy, and I thanked the hell out of them. I offered them all sorts of things, and they're like, no, don't worry about it. And it made me so happy to see that somebody out there actually is kind in this game. So I don't know how much trading you've done. I know you're, I know you're not on the website, but I hope that you can find something, you know, like yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's extremely cool. It's yeah. a good story. And so I try to be helpful uh, with people on the boards. I, I haven't been able to check the thread in a while, but I was trying to help people too because... I don't see why everything should have a price. It's a it's a fucking video game. Yeah, seriously. You know? I mean, I, I literally, I you know, I have only been playing for a month. I don't really have that much to give, but I literally already have what I call a free stuff zone, which I have marked off with uh, <laughs> custom tiles, and it's just, you know, I got one of each different type of fruit, and I put the uh, four extra silver slingshots that I've already accumulated and you know they're just there for people to take you know because i mean the the whole game has to you know has to on some level be based on just friendly trading or else what is the point you know yeah and you know back in the day before the internet was so huge i guess back in well i mean it was big i guess in 2002 when or 2001 no two i think when the first one came out but well but the comp internet community wasn't wasn't yeah and i remember I mean, there wasn't that much trading anyway, but the whole mentality was different. I've seen it change over Wild World and over City Folk, and now it's this, and it's just, it made me sick. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy to see that there is such kindness around around this game. And uh, and actually, for you, if, you, if you're only a Bubblegum KK, I have to, I'll just grab all my songs out of my player and let you catalog them all. What uh, What does that mean, exactly? I know you can order stuff from the catalog, but how do I get something of yours in the catalog your catalog grows as you hold things so okay so if you drop it and i pick it up it's just yeah i can bam it's in your catalog and then you can order it yourself that's pretty cool now certain items are non-catalog or 
the non-orderable. Not for sale, yeah. yeah. So you can catalog it, but then you can't sure. buy it yourself. So like the Nintendo items, for instance. Yep. And that's that's why I couldn't get a turkey on my own, and it's and it's frustrating. And that part of Animal Crossing really bums me out because I get the idea of like region-based exclusivity, but why do you have to lock it down so much? It's a freaking video game again. Like, I, I guess I know I felt proud having the turkey, but it was more for my girlfriend and like the romantic gesture I was doing. It wasn't that I've got this DLC that nobody else does or only right. the Japanese do. It just seems stupid. It's it's it is region locking your downloadable content. And that's, in a game about trading with people, that seems stupid. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. I don't think there's any English downloadable content that you can't, you know, uh, buy. So I don't see why other regions kind of get that fun feature of locking things down and we don't or something. But it would just make it worse if, if, if there was more American DLC that was like that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so... So it's just all really frustrating, and whatever. I haven't had time to worry about it, but thanks to everyone for listening to that story. Um, the one other thing I'll say really quick, and then we can move on unless there's more you want to say. Uh, I, I really do appreciate and enjoy hearing your thoughts on the game, especially because you you're coming in this cold, you know? I got a couple other things if we have time, but yeah, go yeah. ahead. Shit, I don't care. You know, as long as people listen, then that's all good. <laughs> uh, but I'll just, you know, some of my other thoughts that I had. Um, I have been really happy with how the town's been growing in terms of how the shops have been upgrading themselves. And even though this is a marathon mode now and the sprint's over, I feel like just as you kind of really wish for something new, something new does happen. Um, so that's been kind of cool. And I hope you have the same experience with that. But the one thing I realized, and this is because of the plaza that just came out on the Wii U. And again, we'll talk about that briefly later. But you don't see a lot of characters in this game. Back in City Folk, one thing that you really could appreciate about that that city that you'd go uh-huh. to, even though it would take a long time to like go to it, and then you'd have to load the, the town back up, and it was kind of cumbersome, but at least you could see random people who weren't in your town on a daily basis. Uh-huh. So you'd get to interact in a minimal level, at least, with, with ducks and kangaroos that you didn't have. And so I would appreciate that. And I have a campsite, which is something that you can get, and you probably already have that unlocked, at least, Mm -hmm. if not purchased, but at least able to be purchased. And that has the same kind of feature, but they only camp once a week, maybe. I haven't had a lot of activity at the campsite. It just looks like crap most of the time. It looks like a dump. (laughs) And I've got got a fire pit next to it and an outdoor chair. It's kind of decked out. It's kind of on the cliffside and everything. It's it's a nice place to camp. Mm -hmm. But I don't get a lot of visitors, and it's kind of annoying. And then if your town's full, you can't even have a chance of convincing that person into your town. And most of the time, the game naturally fills your town anyway, so it just seems like, I don't know, you're going to bring me a new guy just so he can tell me how much he loves apples because they're my town fruit. (laughs) Right. It's just, eh, there is more that they can do here, and I crave more animal interaction, you know? Yeah. I'm asking my own cat to camp in my town, you know? (laughs) It doesn't work like that, but I've been asking him just to have some variety. No, I think that's... um... Yeah, I mean, that, that basically leads into exactly one of the two main gripes I had, which is that it just feels like in, in, a, in a game that's so focused on you customizing your own experience and, and, you know, literally building your own town, like there are some some weird restrictions like that. Like I like I really wanted to get rid of some of these towns people, mm-hmm. um, especially because, as you said, there's so many other cool ones out there, you know. 
And <clears throat> I found that not only, I mean, I know there's like rumors online of like, oh, you know, you hit them with the net or something, which oh, first yeah, of all, I, I feel bad doing that. Like, oh, I, I don't. Felt like a terrible I person. I love it. <laughs> but so, you know, go around hitting them. It, this all, it all seems to be like, uh, like, um, like superstition. Like, I don't think there's like a, a hard, a definitive way to get people to leave your town. And then there was, like, I know other people were talking about, they just assumed when you talk to Isabel about the problematic citizens that that's one way you could get rid of them. Oh, but no. no, that has nothing to do that's, with it. It's, I've always perceived that as being more about, you know, people who come to your town and they, they've they got naughty phrases or naughty exactly. letters. Right. And like I believe. Parental controls is more what that is. Exactly. So, um,. But, uh, yeah, so, like, you know, I just wanted to be able to get rid of them. And now, like, as I was saying with, um, you know, Vids and uh, Wicked Symphony of trying to, like, you know, coordinate so that I could get this character that they didn't really like but that I really liked a lot. You know, like, if I could have just kicked someone out a day ahead of time or something. You might have got that character. Yeah, exactly. But... I mean, you just have so little control. And furthermore, okay, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I know that sometimes, you know, like, I've been really, really nice to Kevin and Pico and Gwen. Like I was saying, like, they're my favorites. And a few weeks ago, you know, Pico was like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about moving. And someone came into my town and they were like, uh, Pico says she wants to move to my town. And I was like, what? Yeah, and then you're running and you slap her across the face. <laughs> exactly. And so, so I feel like like so let's say i hadn't played for like these two weeks or something is it possible i would log back in and she would just be gone i would think that's possible if well i would think that's a sure thing if you've talked to them and they've stated that now if you've only heard it as hearsay i think it's also possible i think that if you don't hear anything at all i don't think it would do that to you but still, I mean, if, if someone says, hey, I think they're thinking of leaving, and then they're sleeping, and then you just don't get to play for, like, five days, they might be packed up and ready to go by the time you log back in. Right. And so, basically, all I'm getting at is, it seems like, you know, what is the point of, like, doing all these nice things for people or 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 avoiding the ones you don't like if, ultimately, it doesn't matter? I mean, I, I know that in some sense, that since this is sort of like a like a little a little sociological sort of life simulator and in real life you can't you know you don't have complete control over other people and oh i smack my neighbors with nets all the time to get in the move just <laughs> and i even you know i saw the uh the animal crossing anime and in the anime and i i saw that before i played the game so i didn't even understand this at the time but i think what it was replicating was one of the characters towards the end of the movie just moves away without even telling the main character and I think that that was supposed to, you know, mimic what can happen in the game where it's like, you know, just all of a sudden, as in real life, you know, sometimes a friend just moves and then they're kind of out of your life, you know. So I get that, but I just don't think this is the kind of game where you need that kind of mechanic, where I just don't think it makes sense. Because otherwise, because now, like, my incentive for, like, oh, you know, stop by my house at 8 o'clock. It's like, well, maybe I'm busy at 8 o'clock, and it's not going to matter anyway. So, you know what I mean? Right. Well, at that point, you're just kind of, like, whoring yourself out in hopes that they, they like you enough, you know? Well, yeah. Isn't that the whole game? 
But I think that there could be a happy medium somewhere because I, I like I kind of like the idea of the randomness of it. Uh, it's pretty easy to stop someone from moving. You just got to talk to them and then say, hey, don't move. And they're like, oh, yeah. totally. I get it. Yeah, I won't move. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think it's hard. It's stupid that when someone is moving and you talk to them, even if you tell them to move, you encourage them still, like I did with Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they say, don't oh, always you know go. what? <laughs> you're you're yeah. bullshitting me. I think I'll stay now. Yep. And it's like, no, I told you to leave. I explicitly <laughs> order you to. And yep. uh, So I don't understand that mechanic. But having a means to maybe... Say you could go to your your town square and there would be other characters. You could say talk to them, and if you had space, maybe they'd say, you know what, this is a nice place. Yeah, uh, maybe I should move here. And I guess the campsite does that too, but uh, you don't it's get on enough a much people. Smaller scale. Yeah, because you don't see a lot of people filtering through there. Mm-hmm. Or what if you could write letters? Maybe there's a, a, an option to write letters to anyone. And eventually you can write a letter to a character that's not even in any town you know, but you could, mm-hmm. maybe if you write them enough letters, they, they might come visit or something. Uh, that's That actually touches on the, the last thing I wanted to say, which is also kind of a gripe, which is that um, I really thought, before I even got the game, I just assumed that like I would be able to write my friends letters, and that they would, you know, like my real life friends, uh, and that they would... You know, like they would start their day, and you know, when the little mailbox lights up, and oh, you have a new letter that, like, that would be from other users. Yeah. But no, that's not how it works at all. You have to actually be in their town to write them a letter. Yeah, wait, so that's even possible? Yeah, I think so. I think if you're in that person's town, you can go to the mail, the uh, the post office, and write them a letter. Yeah, that is definitely one of the other big gripes about this game. But it's kind of like at that point, you're already in their freaking town. Yeah, like, what's the you point? Just, yeah, like post I, on their on their message board or yeah, their town board. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like for someone like yourself who like you were a big reason I even checked out Animal Crossing, obviously, and you know we've both been real busy for the last month, and you've had some stuff going on, so it would have been cool if I could have you know like written you some letters and then you yeah or shit sign on occasionally instead of me like selling some random item or putting it in the uh, retail shop just because i want to get rid of it i can think you know what maybe joe would like this but i'm not going to hold on to it forever if oh, anything yeah. i'll tell you about it and then i'll reorder it later but it's in my inventory how about i just mail it to you oh totally the fact yeah, that was... you can't send people items is one of the worst freaking yes. sins of omission that this game has had yeah because i was really excited about at first before i even investigated this of just you know i was accumulating this stuff and you know some of it i really really liked and some of it i was just like yeah it's kind of cool but you know i don't really want it and i was really looking forward to just surprising people with like you know my friend you know, lou from from yeah. negative you know like lou signs on and bam there's a samus mask in his inbox you know like yeah. i was really looking forward to that no and but instead i get a shaved ice maker for my mom yeah, I know. It's so creepy to me that I'm getting letters from my mom. I got something from dad once, but it seems pretty biased towards mom. Oh, that's I didn't even know there was a dad. And, uh, I think that might have that might have been on Father's Day only, actually. Ah, interesting. So, it I don't know. I just don't know why they haven't expanded on those aspects. And I feel like in previous games in the past, that was an option. I swear to God, but I just you know it's mm. been so long I can't recall. And I never used it that extensively, but it's just cool when it's there. Mm. I don't know if maybe having a console version will change that mentality. Maybe that, maybe the fact that you can't take your 3DS with you to a friend's house and go, maybe because it's harder to maybe go over to people's places. And since it's not handheld, they're not always on like they kind of are now, where I can be on a lot more than I would be normally. Maybe the console version will change that 
but maybe we should yeah. be tweeting about it to Nintendo and complaining. Well, I'm just thinking that, you know, with these things, which really are very, let me just say to be clear, are very small complaints in what is otherwise an awesome and very unexpectedly pleasant game. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I just think of it as like, these are the things like, by the time the next game comes out, you know, these are like the small incremental changes that, you know, we'll be so psyched out of our minds about and when really we should have had them. Oh yeah. Already. We're, yeah. In, we're in game four here. This is, uh, yeah. We're well into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can write letters to your own townspeople who, as you said, basically, you know, they can't read them, but, but I can't like send you a letter. That's just weird. Well, and I, I kind of actually use this today because I had no pen and paper near me, so I use my my game as a notepad. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, sending letters to future me never makes sense to me. I don't get it. Oh yeah, I, I can do that, I, but I can't message <laughs> you know present Joe. <laughs> yeah, I saw that as an option. Yeah, but I don't even know what that's about. So I don't know either. But uh, we probably should move on. We've been talking for fifty minutes now, but I'll cross. Uh, so thanks to all who have listened. Uh, I mean, it might come up in later podcasts, but we definitely dove into uh, into it pretty deeply yep. here. Well, this is like the Nintendo game of the summer, to be sure. I think. I mean, I I, I was telling you before the podcast, I went into a retro video game store today, and you know they had um, Animal Crossing, uh, the GameCube game, was like prominently displayed on a center uh, aisle, and you know, there's no way that would be happening if. Animal Crossing didn't A, just come out and B, become such a great success already. Yeah. So I think it's a little justified, but yeah. Yeah, I am pretty psyched that Nintendo has their biggest Animal Crossing hit ever in their fourth game. That mm-hmm. kind of justifies the whole series. It encourages future iterations. It hopefully means that, hey, we did good from City Folk to New Leaf. Let's do that again. You yeah. Because it yeah. didn't pay off the other way. Yeah. So hopefully the console version will look amazing and play amazingly, and and again we'll touch upon that very briefly uh, somewhere at the end of this podcast um, when we mention the Plaza because the Plaza is kind of a glimpse into the console version and that's cool. But we'll move on to that uh, later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm psyched. I'm really glad that you're enjoying it. It sounds like you're having a blast. Totally. And even if that blast is a couple minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Lately, I've only had time to buy the song. Uh, I guess that's a spoiler. I don't know. But um, eventually, you can actually buy songs instead of just having to get them from KK, which is really spoiler! cool. Spoiler! Which is really cool, because in all games before, you had to get them from KK. And if you only have one character, well, there's 90 songs in the game right now or something like that. And there's 52 weeks in a year. So who's going to play this for almost two years just to get every song? So there's, it's a lot easier to get the songs, and so that's cool. But uh, So I've been doing that. Um, you know, buying the sprout, like you were saying, and getting my shrunk emotion. So, you know, I definitely play a little bit each day. Uh, I try not to forget, but it happens. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so let's move on to uh, to what I've been playing. Even though I kind of went in there a minute ago, uh, I did finally beat Oracle of Ages. Congratulations! I know our big discussion about that was before <laughs> they came out, and now I'm discussing it well after, but. Uh, I just want to mention that because I was stuck around the Goron dancing area, and then I didn't play it for like a week and a half or two weeks, and then I was just like, 
or a Goronade. I, I was just confused because the game gets really convoluted there, especially if you take a break. And then it leads into uh, what everyone kept complaining about was Dungeon Number 7, which is actually really badly designed, I think. Which one is that? That's Jabba Jabba's Belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's cool to have an homage to him by having him included in the game. But, yeah, the dungeon's just designed in a way that when you complete, like, a room, you don't necessarily have a reason to never go there again. So everything feels incomplete until you beat the actual whole dungeon. Right, yeah. Like, I, when I go through a dungeon, usually when there's a room that's filled in, especially if the compass is in my in possession and there's no longer an icon there, I think pretty much I don't have to go there. At least I don't have to focus my energies there, but here in, sure. this, in this dungeon, man, you could go through the whole thing three times, and if you just miss a turn uh, when the water level's not at the right place, you're screwed. You'd have to go through every single room with every water level just to make sure you hit everything, and that could take forever. So uh, so that sucked. Definitely used the guide a little bit to uh-huh. get myself out of there, because I, I played that while I was camping, and uh, so I when I had a little bit of internet for a second, I... I took some screen grabs on my phone of uh, of the game facts, you know, guide or whatever of that dungeon to help myself get through it uh, when I needed it. Because we had no power where we were staying, it was very rustic, and my 3DS was the most technologically complex item that's probably been in that place uh, for <laughs> ages. So, yeah. Um, and then, you know, then after you beat Dungeon 7, it's pretty quick. Even though I had the Link game, like, once you beat Dungeon 8 and you kind of beat the final boss, then you beat the extras content pretty quickly, too. Yeah, so there's not a ton. So I finally was able to put my name up in the thread that we got, and that was cool. And remember me mentioning on the podcast how I grew up liking seasons more than ages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that flipped? Okay. Well, I realized why I felt that way in the beginning, and I still feel that way. <laughs> seasons is still better, in my opinion. Yeah. Ages is nice in the beginning. It was a nice change of pace. But then it just was like, oh, this sucks. So. Yep, yep, yep. And I, if you remember from that same conversation, I thought from my small experiences with the games previously that I liked Ages better, but I don't know what I was thinking because having played them both recently, I certainly enjoyed Seasons a more, heck of a lot yeah. more. So. And I, I do appreciate what Ages does with the time. It's different than Ocarina of Time because you can actually go back and forth freely and it's, but really, all it is is a glorified dark world mechanic. Mm-hmm. And well, so, and I liked some of the items better, like the the mermaid suit thing. I thought that was really cool. Yes, I, but when you get it, suddenly you can't just press A to swim. You have to tap. Oh, the, yes. And on that the was 3DS, extremely frustrating. I, re, I, I on the 3DS, I tend to play my games with the slide pad because it it works pretty well, mm-hmm. and you can't really do that with this. Because it doesn't really work that well. You, you probably would break the slide pad if you kept trying to, to yep. fiddle with it. So that was annoying. The mermaid suit is cool in concept, but not so cool in practice. Uh, and that's just a simple button press fix. And uh, But Seasons did have the better shooter. When I was trying to beat the boss and uh, in ages, you know, it only shoots the one direction instead of the three. And that, you know, that kind of hindered things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I did like seeing the claw shot or the long shot or whatever you want to call it. That thing returning. Yeah, that thing was cool. And uh, although in this game it flips you, you yeah. replace yourself. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. So that was unique. and So, I mean, yeah, I definitely don't think Aegis is a bad game. It's just not the better game. And and I would recommend people play it first when they play the two. 
Yeah, that's what I should have done. Get it over with and then enjoy seasons with an amped up game a little bit. So. But yeah, so that's all I had to say on that, unless you want to add anything about it. I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. So, Backlogus is happening, and technically Oracle of Ages was part of my Backlogus, but there's another game that was on it that I knew I'd be able to play in like an hour, and so I, I got home from work, and instead of fiddling with the podcast, which I should have done, mm-hmm. um, you know, I unwound a little bit with uh, with this game before, you know, I had a bunch of other crap to do. And it's uh, The Walking Dead 400 Days by Telltale. Mm-hmm. So it's that bonus episode that they released, because season two is coming out in the fall still. Season one is the game that I raved about on the podcast months ago, and still is one of my greatest gaming experiences ever. And so I was psyched to finally play this, because I had bought it on the day it came out, but I just that was partially when shit was hitting the fan around me, and, and I just was not in the mood to sit down and focus on it, which I really wanted to do. So, Backlog has kind of inspired me to sit down and do that finally. Unfortunately, transferring from one computer to the other back in May, I didn't, I guess I neglected to do this or whatever, I did not have my original save file. So, I don't have any of my decisions that I made, my whole story with Clem and Lee is just gone, which actually hit me in the balls a little bit because I got so emotionally invested in these characters, I never wanted to touch that save file again because... To me, that was like the sacred story of what happened. Now right. I fear that when I play it, I'm going to get a different experience, and it's going to feel weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, but I'll probably play it again, because I I don't think it matters too much with the 400 days downloadable content, because there's no characters that... None, none of the characters are shared or anything. But the Season 1 and Season 2 are definitely linked a little bit more uh, from what we've heard, so I'll probably have to do it for that. Still... I went in and I played 400 Days, and it tells the story of five different people, and it kind of revolves vaguely around like a like a hotel truck stop type thing, like a diner, I guess, actually, and uh, yeah, like a diner gas station. It kind of focuses on that, and uh, and you play each person, and you can play them in any order, and it tells a very short story of maybe like 15 minutes, and maybe 20 minutes, depending, and you just kind of experience from these different people. Uh, I don't really remember their names. Yeah, I don't remember their names, and, and I have a few screen grabs I took to remember some things, but uh, they don't really describe anything. So, um, you know, you got a young black guy, uh, you got this woman and her sister, I think, or maybe her daughter. I think it's her sister, though. Okay. And you've got some kind of hippie dude who's out with his friend. You've got uh, an inmate who's on his way to jail in a prison bus, and he's kind of with two other prisoners. And, and that's actually the first one, because they all take place at different times in, four, in a 400-day span of the apocalypse starting. So you're getting a different perspective of the apocalypse starting and everything. And the guys in the prison, that's actually when everything starts going all you know crazy. Uh-huh. And so it was pretty cool to see that. And I tried to play in... in the, I just kind of played left to right in terms of how you can choose the characters. And that was almost you know, chronological order, but that really doesn't matter at all. Their lives intertwine only at the very end, and no matter what order you play, you'll play that segment last anyway. Sure. And uh, But it was pretty cool. I mean, some characters I cared about more than others, and even in that short time, the game brought some hard-ass decisions. Like, uh, there was this one where it's the girl with the daughter, and you're in a camp, and a guy comes into, into our camp. He's like some Asian guy who doesn't even speak English, and they got him blindfolded when I see him, and and they fear that he's, you know, 
he's not as feeble as he looks and that when if we let him go he's going to go tell people and then we're going to get our asses murdered and okay. and or we can kill him now and then it's all right cuz nobody you know will know and and I just didn't have the heart to do that to him cuz I mean he doesn't seem like a threat now and I know that was a stupid decision in the apocalypse but I'm also not a killer so mm-hmm. it's tough and then I let him go and of course that means that well a few weeks down the line we got attacked apparently some asshole died in my in my group and I felt bad because I think it's the guy who actually was siding with me, and he was pretty cool. But uh, so then, you know, the guy who's re- leading the camp, he's all locked us down, and he's all, you know, up his pooper about everything. And uh, one of the other people in our group apparently tried to steal supplies and leave. He caught her, and now he's like, well, somebody's, she's got to go. And it's kind of the same thing we just went through with the Asian guy. However, for some reason, the game forces me to have to be the one to kill her or not. And I was thinking to myself, why don't you just do it? I mean, if, why do you have to, like, bring me into this? Right. And, uh, which is not really the right way to think about someone's life anyway, but still, I didn't like, I was kind of pissed that I was being forced to make that decision. Luckily, it gives you an out. You can either escape yourself, or you can, uh, you can do the deed. And So I totally just stole the RV and got the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where her story ends, and then you don't see her again until the, the end, where everyone's kind of grouped together. They All these different five characters who have their own separate lives meet up and then they have one more final kind of scene to have and that's what the end of the 400 days is i don't know how much of an effect this is supposed to have on season two but i've heard that each one is supposed to have a subtle effect uh so i don't know it it really did suck that i had to play this without season one just because in my head i feel like i'm missing something Mm -hmm. and then if i was to play season two i'd be really missing something so sure and this may be lame, but in season two, I'm probably going to try to play it as much as I did before, like in the same decisions, uh, was or with season one, just because while that may be lame to like re to see the same experience or try to recreate that experience, to me that's the authentic Steve experience. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably disagree with us, but it makes sense to like, me. So. Like one thing that really sticks out in my mind, uh, and spoiler alert for those who haven't played the first Walking Dead. And it is a late, it's like an episode five, so it's late in the series and uh, and whatever, but I'm about to say something. But you have a choice to cut your hand off or not, because it's infected. Okay. And, you know, they try, it, it's a mechanism to try to save your life. And I chose to cut my hand off, because that seemed like the logical but painful decision to make. Uh-huh. And from what I know, like, I, I mean, the visual for the rest of the episode, you you're missing a freaking hand. And so, like, when you make a jump, that's a really important jump. You're only holding it with one arm instead of two. And uh, and I've heard or read that it doesn't matter what you do there. I mean, it changes how you experience the game, but as far as the end result, it doesn't matter. And uh, so I guess in theory I could choose to keep my arm, but uh, yeah, I just can't. I would f- feel like I'm cheating something. or I don't know. It's just so weird. I have to I have to cut my hand off again. I've got to do it again. Maybe it's like the lost thing or or all those movies about time travel where you, or BioShock Infinite kind of, you know, where this idea of you know, realities and how things are just going to happen whether you want it or not. You can't really fight fate. So I want to okay. kind of recreate that and I'll probably end up replaying it. But that's kind of off topic, I guess. Walking Dead 400 Days was pretty cool. It was very short, very sweet. Gave me a little bit of a taste. And hopefully I can uh, I can have the whole enchilada in in the fall. I can't wait. Cool. So 
I, I think they're going to probably release each episode periodically, maybe within a week or two of each other. And I don't want that to happen because I'm going to wait to the very end. I think the fact that I was able to powerhouse through episode or season one was was amazing for the experience. Uh-huh. So I'd rather just do that. Makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that. And then the last game I've been playing, I've put a little bit of time into, is uh, Pikmin Three. Oh. Even though I don't have a lot of time, I could not pass that up. It just looked too good. And uh, I have no experience with the Pikmin games, as I've already said on the podcast. Like me five neither. minutes with with the first one and maybe three with the second. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of learning the ropes of managing my squad of Pikmin. And in this game, I've, I know that there's a difference where you actually have multiple squads, and I feel like that could get kind of hectic and confusing. Uh-huh. But I don't know, whatever. I'm having a lot of fun. It's a beautiful-looking game. It's very charming. There's, uh, I guess, a happy medium between the two game, uh, older games' concepts where there are days, so you're limited by time, which wasn't the case in the second game, I think. But at the same time, you're not limited by like how many days you can actually play, like in the first game. Because in the first game, if you didn't beat the game in 30 days, you just lost. The game was right. over. Right. And that kind of sucks. Now, did you just have to start over completely from scratch when that happened? I in think the, so. In the other game? Okay. I think so. I think in the second game, you were able, you may have been able to restart days. I don't know. But in the third one, you definitely can. So mm-hmm. that's kind of nice. I can go back to any day I want and redo it. And then, of course, I'd start the game from that point. So it's kind of like how Bioshock games will save at each new level. And you can go back if you want. It, it won't rewrite your save. It'll just make a new save. Uh-huh. So you can kind of do that, and I, I don't really want to because I don't want to go through 10 days and be like, you know what, let's just scrap those 10 days. Uh-huh. Uh, that's just not how games work for me. I like to have an, a linear experience generally. But it's nice to know that if I really screw up on a boss or something, I instead of taking the punishment of losing all my Pikmin, I could re- retry again with a new tactic. Uh-huh. So I maybe would go back one day or something. And here, you have to find fruit which is really cool just to see like a giant strawberry sitting around because of you know how big you are mm-hmm. and uh, you have to collect fruit with your Pikmin amongst everything else you have to do and these fruits turn into juice which is sustenance for you and right now I've got like four jars of juice which means I have four days worth of energy but if I don't find more fruit in four days then I I will perish and the game ends okay. so it does have kind of a ticking clock but it's one that you can constantly push back mm-hmm. so there's a tension but it's not necessarily forcing you to to do uh, you know to do it in a certain set time and then uh-huh. of course if you you know if you don't find any fruit that day and then you don't find it the next day you can be like oh well that doesn't really work for me so you can go back a day and f- try to find fruit again so right. you, you really you have more control but there's still pressure so that's kind of cool I like that yeah yeah I think that sounds like a pretty, that so good, far. pretty good balance the uh, the photo feature of the gamepad is pretty pretty cool it takes uh, live photos uh, if you want to, and you hold it up kind of like you would in a Pokemon Snap game or something where you would just hold okay. it up and move around and take a picture. And when you post it to Miiverse, it actually will tag your photos with whatever's in them. So I took a picture of the first boss, uh, defeated, and kind of made a joke about it. And I realized that actually the Miiverse had tagged that boss's name onto it. Interesting. So that was kind of neat, yeah. It kind of helps people identify what they're seeing, especially considering the camera is from the viewpoint of your character, which is already in a big world and he's a small dude or a small woman, depending on what character you're using. Uh, so you kind of have these very macro images often, 
And so to, to identify that, that's kind of helpful. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. I uh, definitely will have some time with it later this weekend. Uh, I'm helping a, my cousin move into his house tomorrow. But maybe tomorrow. I don't know. I got to get the podcast out, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't because anyone listening to this, they've already done it. They've already listened to it. And that's true. So I won't dictate or hint at how I spent my time <laughs> to get that out there. But I really do want to get it done. So uh, that's my first priority. Um, I'd heard that I watched a game explain about Pikmin 3, and I think it was probably made months ago. But they brought up a question that you probably know the answer to. Um, they were wondering about the titles of the days, because each day has a title, correct? Um, Like when you look at your save file? I'd have to double check, but... Okay. Well, then because, you probably well, I, don't know the answer to this question. Well, everything... I, I know it says exploration day six, day seven, that kind of thing, when you start. Now, at the end of each day, there's a little bit of like a Dear Diary type moment. And it fills in whatever you did that day. And I think if you didn't accomplish anything, it probably wouldn't have anything to say. But uh, I found a certain item yesterday, in, or in the game anyway. And uh, and so we kind of announced... Actually, a different character was saying, well, I think his name is Alf. She was saying, Ern... Is it Charlie? No, I think Alf is the character. So she's like, Alf found such and such. And, uh, and so I'll write the diary for tonight because he's so excited to analyze this. And so I think that kind of... Whenever you hit like a benchmark in the in the linear path of the game, because there are there is kind of a linear set of objectives. When you do something, well, that unlocks something else right. or a new area. So you are being pushed forward in some sort of perpetual motion, even though you can stray from it constantly. Uh, as far as names, though, I I don't recall. I haven't spent enough yeah. time with it. Well, because the thing it was getting at was it was trying to determine if um because it would have like a you know day two. Uh, Brittany's adventure, or something like that, and it was trying to figure out if the days had certain objectives that were predetermined, like okay, when it's day two, you have to do this, or if, and I think this is what basically, I think what you just sort of said was if the game retroactively looked at what you accomplished and then sort of put a little title on it. Um, which, assuming it makes titles at all, if it has that function you were describing of, you know, writing out the day's events, then it probably would be based on that. Um, if my brain's remembering correctly, I think it does do that. But so, say day two, Britney's adventure, you don't succeed. It would say day three, Britney's adventure. Yeah. Like it probably has chapters for what what current objective you're on, and then. Uh, I mean, it probably said something, once I found Brittany, because you had to find her initially, and once I found her, well, it was probably, you know, it probably had a different name until I hit that next checkpoint. So maybe those are a barometer of how you're doing. Right. But I can't recall, honestly. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe and, you'll uh, report back next time. I'm trying to play it, you know, but I'm trying to also look at my backlogist games that I want to get done. I want to get Xenoblade done, and... There's some DS games I forgot I have, like Luigi's Mansion 2 and uh, uh, the Professor Layton game. You know, those have sit and sat in the back burner, so... Uh, all good stuff. Yeah, I've been keeping a log since the start of the year of what games I have beaten, and I've beaten 12 games so far this year, which is probably light compared to normal, but I also have 
a job, a girlfriend, a family, stuff to do, you know. Um, But I don't know. That's kind of cool. I've been been trying to do it for years. I just keep forgetting. And then halfway through the year, I'm like, oh, when did I beat that? What? Ah, shoot. Screw it. Yeah, I know. I used to do my my own personal Game of the Year awards, and that was – it would be based on not what came out in that year, but what games I had played in that year. So even if it was – you know, an NES game. If I played it for the first time in that year, it would go in as a contender, you know? Sure, your game of the year. Exactly. And But it's just, basically, the reason why that has sort of fallen apart is because, quite simply, I don't do what you have been doing, which is keep track of yeah. what games you played this year, and then I kind of forget, and then it gets a little murky, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I've, my list is very basic. It just has the month, and then I put the games I beat underneath it, and then I just put a tally of how many games that month. So January, I beat one game. February, two. March, three. April, two. May, zero. June, July, one. And August, two. So far. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of nice to to track that. I would encourage Mm -hmm. others, and then we can discuss it at the end of the year, maybe. Yeah. Maybe for 2014, it'll be a good idea. Yeah. And I mean, maybe I'll talk about it myself, at least, uh, at the end of the year. So far... Honestly, some of these games were really memorable, and some of them were just stinkers. Even, okay. one, even ones that I wanted to enjoy a lot just weren't, you know? Yeah. So, But we, we won't get into that. How about we take a break, and then we'll spend uh, a little bit of time we got left in the podcast discussing uh, the Nintendo Direct that happened on Wednesday, and uh, yeah, see if you got any thoughts. us <laughs> so we'll talk about the Nintendo Direct there isn't really much to say I definitely was taking notes I was watching at work or listening at work I wasn't watching anything quote, quote. Um, I was working but uh, <laughs> I don't know, I get excited every time there's a Nintendo Direct frankly and I was kind of not excited in like some sadistic dickish way but I was I really was thinking people were going to overblow this one because not every Nintendo Direct has to have a bunch of new shit and like wow us I think because of the E3, and, and actually we had some really good stuff in January, but people kind of assume that Nintendo Directs are there to blow our minds, and they don't. I, I, I get so confused why some people get so worked up for them, and then they're so let down afterwards. Yeah. Now, this one had a lot of little tidbits, and in some ways, a lot of the new information was actually just new footage, or maybe some some subtle points reiterated and maybe fleshed out a little bit, but uh, it, it told us really nothing new, frankly. And it was still a fine Nintendo Direct. It was a fun half hour. I wish that they would do a weekly show, for God's sake. I would enjoy that. Like uh, Nintendo Week, if you will. Yeah. Which they, yeah, they had before. <laughs> With a really cute woman on it. I forgot her name. I loved Nintendo Week. Allison something. Yeah. She was adorable. Yep. But, uh... And the other guy, the guy himself, he was pretty cool, too. I liked the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, they they, were, they awesome. were a good duo. Yeah. I don't know why that ended... But, yeah, and then they had the Nintendo 3D show or whatever, and then right. they that was not nearly as fun. But uh, then they ended that too. But then, so. admittedly, too, 
I don't know. It's tough to, to tell because Nintendo Week was something that was not limited to your consoles, but I feel like that was for someone who already had the console. And Nintendo Directs, I'm still not sure if they're entirely for us or if they're actually there to entice other people. Right. Um, so maybe having Iwata, the president of the company, you know, dishing this out has a different feel than Nintendo Week does, which is kind of like a campy show where you're not going to hear anything yeah. new with Nintendo Week. It's more like an advertisement. Yeah. These feel a lot more like hey, here's some inside information, you know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I don't know, this works, and I guess it's it's better that they're not weekly because they probably would outwear their welcome. Uh, but yes, yeah, so right now... Plus, Awada probably has other things to do. I don't know. Well, they, they, could, <laughs> they could, you know, trade off every week. It'd be Awada, then Reggie, and then uh, Bill Trennan, and they'll bring back uh, Soccer Mom, what's her name? Oh, my God. Cammy. <laughs> yeah, Cammy Dunaway or whatever. Yeah, no Cammy. Um, it is amazing what an impact she had in only, what, like two E3s or something yeah. like that? And I, was, and I was kind of okay with her. I mean, she shouldn't oh, no, bother she, me. But I think terrible. I don't think she was horrible, but I also think that she didn't have the content. No. Well, yeah, she they, was always... Okay, they throw her into to talk about, like, what was it, Sean White snowboarding yep, or something? that's the big one. <laughs> <clears throat> and, like... Well, what if she was there talking about Peekman? Maybe she would have did a better job. Maybe she would have been more interesting to us. Yeah. Well, it's just, they, you know, I mean, E3, just no matter what company it is or who it is, I mean, it's so, it's really lame how just scripted it is and how they try to be all not scripted when it so obviously is. But so, like, when she was telling this stupid story about, like, oh, I broke my wrist. <laughs> so, so it's, it's just that kind no, that's of true. That's true. terrible dialogue that you know. She maybe, probably got all excited, like, "Oh, I can relate to the to the gamers. I broke my wrist once." Yeah. So, like, you know, maybe it, it's not necessarily that she is like a bad person or a bad spokeswoman or anything, but you know, the the role that she was given was not. You know, now I totally envision her as the target character from uh, SNL with Kristen Wiig. Anyway, let's not let's not get off topic with uh, Cammy. We let's, already were off topic. I know. I know. Let's, let's not get, get back further. on topic. So uh, there's a lot. You know, I took some notes. There's a lot of things mentioned. Whether or not it's important to you is kind of up to you, I guess. So, so a few things that I, I and I have a few things listed that I want to talk about anyway. And if you want to be talking about it, then join the podcast. Come on. Um. So first of all, the Sonic footage. That was the first thing they showed. Thirty seconds in. You know, after like at the twenty second mark. Wada's like putting his arms out in your face, and he's like directly to you. And then right after that, it goes into Sonic footage, and so that you know I like that. There was just kind of a immediate let's get the show on the road kind of thing. And the footage showed pretty much what I thought was a Mario Galaxy demo, <laughs> with like a hey, uh, we got a Sonic mod going on. Um, it was very green. It was Green Hill Zone esque, but in like a Mario Galaxy form. And you know uh, this actually appealed to me more. I I haven't seen too much of the game up to this point, but I think that uh, that this could, could be a game I actually buy, as long as there's not too much cheesy dialogue and characters and stuff. If it's pure, unadulterated, you know, 2D yet 3D platforming with Sonic like this, I, I could really be into it. Yeah. Uh, I, I was already sold on the game. I mean, I have no idea when I'll be able to pick it up, but uh, I mean, 
Well, I, I know we've talked about Sonic Colors many times on this podcast, but I think I think they have officially figured out what to do with Sonic, at least at least on Nintendo consoles. So, um, and this game looks to be somewhat of a continuation of that, but obviously, as you said, with a heavy, heavy Mario Galaxy influence. Uh, and I just, you know, maybe I'll regret saying this later, but I don't see how it could go wrong. I mean, I just, it looks like such a great game and it looks like so fun. Well, if you think about it, it's kind of like the, uh, the Yoshi segments from Mario Galaxy 2, but the entire game is just fast running. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a lot of promise to that, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think, you know, that one of the major things that they got right in Sonic Colors was the use of these, um, the wisps, which I think maybe now they're just calling the colors or color powers or something like that. But, um, you know, basically it's, it's the exact same concept as Mario's suits, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, you know, in, in that sense, it's absolutely nothing new, but it is somewhat new to the Sonic franchise because Sonic generally, you know, his power ups are, limited to just basically what would be a shield or you know something that makes him run faster or something like that so now that each one has like unique functions that can then you know unlock uh different you know features in it throughout a level i'm pretty sure the first one you get is uh it makes sonic games suck less oh. which is a great first power up yeah <laughs> this is this is the prices right winning horn i think coming up yeah, because, uh, it does look pretty good, and it comes out October twenty second, which I think we knew. Hmm. I don't know if if you were aware of that, but I was aware of some, yeah, some kind of time frame like that. Maybe now, we didn't have the exact day, but I think we knew October. This won't be some sort of insta buy for me because you got Pokemon coming out around then. Uh, oh no, the Wind Waker things coming out then too. If I decide to get that, but uh, I got a lot of stuff on my plate, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on this. Yeah, yeah, I, I think what's weird is looking at the. Wii U versions and the 3DS version, this might be one of the few times when I am at least interested in buying both platforms version of you know what is supposedly the same game. So we'll see just how different they are. Uh, I may end up doing that again once I find some money. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there also was discussion about Art Academy uh, Sketch what was it, Sketchpad or something like that? Yeah, Art Academy Sketchpad, which actually is out right now. Uh, I haven't checked it myself, but it it was said to be available August 9th. And Friday is kind of a weird date for them to do that in America, but... Uh, and I can't draw very well. I mean, I'm not horrible, but, like, I don't have that mindset to create really cool things like everyone else on Miiverse. Mm-hmm. But I think I might still pick this up myself, because I love having the tools at my disposal regardless. And right. I can't wait. Like, literally right now, I know you don't know this because you haven't had the Wii U, but Miiverse has just changed. In one fell swoop, it's changed. Oh, yeah. Because all the art, the next time I boot up the Wii U, it's going to be even better than it was before because people have been doing some really great, simple art with just the single pen stroke or whatever your style is. And now they're going to have colors. They're going to have pressures. Uh, I'm not sure to what degree... Well, I think because this game, Sketchpad is actually just more or less a set of tools to use with the Miiverse when they're actually going to create a full game to download okay. later, which will have actual uh, lessons and such. Uh, it's limited in that respect, but for those who crave more, who, who actually want to maybe learn how to draw things better, 
especially using the tablet, which is pretty much perfect for it. You can uh, you can expect that to come out soon. They didn't really touch upon that, but they did focus on the new tools, and they look great. And I cannot wait to see some really fantastic Nintendo art. Yeah, I think I mean I've talked before how Miiverse is definitely one of the most appealing features of the Wii U, and I think having something like this that'll only augment that experience is is pretty darn exciting. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how much it costs. It might not even cost anything, actually. I'm trying to think. It might be... Because I, I, I know Nintendo wants to encourage people to do these pieces of art, and they want people to encourage... Or they want to encourage people to use the colors and use the new tools at their disposal, because it just makes the Miiverse more advertisable and more enticing for anyone. Mm-hmm. Some people might even think, well, I want a Wii U just because... I know it's got great games, but that Miiverse thing like looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm hoping it's free. I don't, I don't know, but they don't have a price on the Nintendo Direct as I have it playing right now, uh, muted on my computer, so I can't verify. Well, you know, I mean, I've to that point, like I've heard a lot of uh, people who are not Nintendo refer to Miiverse as Nintendo's social network or mm-hmm. Nintendo's take on a social network. Now, would you put it in that? category or use that terminology because it seems to be something that is completely different in terms of its purpose than a social network, uh, right? I mean... it. Well, in my head, I just thought to myself, absolutely. But, yeah. I mean, that's that's the short version of it. It's Nintendo's Twitter. Okay. Flat out. Okay. Now, okay. it's not a social network in the sense of Facebook where you're, like, trying to collect... <laughs> Sorry, my voice is going a little bit here. Yep. Uh, Facebook, I see that as like a conglomerate collection. Oh, I don't even know if that's the right word to use, but just I feel like it's like a black hole sucking everything in. I mean, I even have yeah. one. I don't want one, but I have one for the fact that I need it to keep up with certain people who otherwise I wouldn't be able to keep, you know, just an eye on their lives and kind of stay in a basic touch that I want to. Right. While Twitter is more like broadcasting. Yeah. So you're, you're you're dishing your information out. You you're well aware it's it's not protected unless you really want it to be. But you're trying to just share with the world. While Facebook, I feel like you're sharing with your network, and you don't want to be outside that. And you're pissed off whenever they try to change things around, and and you accidentally are sharing everything. And uh, and also, I feel like Facebook is there to collect about you, while Twitter is there to just be a platform for personal advertisement or other advertisement or whatever. Share. Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of what I was getting at. And obviously, Twitter is definitely considered a quote-unquote social Social network. network, But I was I was thinking of it more along the lines of something like Facebook, where it's like you know where you're trying to present something that represents you and your life, and so you know so that someone who say doesn't know you could could look at it and get a sense of who you are and what you're about. Whereas you know Twitter is basically just whatever you're thinking at the time and sure you could piece it together but it's not really designed for yeah, absolutely. For representation purposes and i just didn't see meverse as being as being that either so. the meverse well wait so you don't feel it's like facebook or twitter oh no 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 i just don't feel it's like, like facebook. facebook yeah yeah and i mean i could see where someone could look at my my meverse feed and get an idea about me but they only get an idea about me about my game preferences and my game play styles uh-huh. Which is great because that's all I want to share on that thing anyway. Sure. 
the Meverse is something that where I can take a screenshot from Peekman and be like, this is really cool, and I can push it to people just so people yeah. can see it, and then that's it. That's all I know about me is that I loved this bulb orb's face that I took <laughs> in Peekman, you know? Or uh, or when I beat my new Luigi, new Super Luigi or whatever, and I took this kind of funny picture of the end boss, and uh, which, spoiler alert, I wonder who that was, but... I took a picture of the end boss, and it was kind of funny. I put a funny caption, and like I put my wit and the screen grab out there. That's it. Yeah, and it's nice because like, no offense to the negative world or anything, but I, I get I get some personal interaction with you guys on the boards, and I appreciate that. That's what's kind of nice about negative world. It's, it's not close knit in the sense that we don't let others in or anything like that, but we're we try to be friends with each other, real friends. That's why we have the the now yearly get-togethers that we do mm-hmm. because. I, I actually, I'm going to be passing through Chicago soon, and I might even, if I have time, maybe I can hang out with Zero, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that seems weird to me because I wouldn't have been able to do that on Facebook if it was just more open. Or like any of my Twitter friends, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel that connection with them. Right. Uh, I kind of forgot where I was going with this. Um, I got too caught up thinking about hanging out with Zero. Uh, Understandable. Really. <laughs> I think it's quite an experience. <laughs> Um, that arcade bar, I do want to hit up, though. I don't think I'll be able to, but I'd like to. True, true, true. Anyway, uh, but with with Nintendo's Miiverse, I feel like it's a very gaming-oriented thing, and so that's that's all I get to put out there, and that's all I want to put out there, and, and that heightens my gaming experience to see what others... Like, I don't care to see what someone else thinks about, like, abortion or something on Miiverse. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's not a big topic. Right, right. It's not a big topic on there. I, I Instead, I get to see... Uh, you know, Yoshi and Mario running around uh, Dinosaur Land, you know, because someone yeah. draws the art and it's beautiful, or, or someone shoves a bulb orb in my face. You know, that's that's what I want to see, and that's what's great about the Miiverse. And, um, so it is it is like Twitter in that sense. It's not like Facebook. But, uh, but there, I mean, there's a light social, social network aspect to it, but um, you don't have to check in every day either. I think that's something yeah. nice too. With Facebook, I feel like you're not getting the full experience unless you're constantly mining yourself for data and yeah, constantly yeah. trying to see what everyone else is doing. What are you eating? You blah blah. Can't even possibly approach it that way. Yeah. I don't think. So I think Nintendo struck gold with the Miiverse, frankly. Yeah. And once they hook it up with the 3DS, which is supposedly supposed to happen around the end of the year, they haven't talked about it in a while, but they had hinted about it for like early 2014 or whatever. Yep. That that'll just that'll be perfect. That would be outstanding. It would be great. Be so cool. So, I mean, we kind of got off tangent, I guess, uh, for the art thing. Well, you asked a legitimate question, and I mentioned abortion. <laughs> so, not really. Uh, it's kind of my fault, I guess. But I think it's uh, I think it's great. And the art academy thing is just another way to just really make it better. Mm-hmm. And if they once they do the the flip note thing on 3ds is what they're doing, mm-hmm. it'd be cool to see you be able to upload those to Meverse. So hopefully. You know, that way you could see, even though they they wouldn't be three D, you'd be able to see the the images, the the little movies on your Miiverse, on your sure. HD TV. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential still here with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else happened. Uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf has downloadable content coming. Now there's the Best Buy stuff, which actually ends tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, it's already done, but it is catalogable and purchasable. So. All right, I don't even know the first thing about this, so inform me on this. Uh, what is the DLC and what is this Best Buy thing? Like, I guess I've heard okay, of it, but I don't Buy, know. You go to Best Buy and then you go to Isabel, or no, no, you go to the post office and you click on a certain menu item 
it then like searches for, um, you know, whatever the hell's in the ether, whatever it picks up, and it'll pick up Best Buy's network, and then you'll be able to download an item. You'll get a free item. Okay. And uh, I missed the rolling suitcase, but again, I can get that from somebody. Um, but I got the cat tower and the raccoon wall clock, and then right now is the double neck guitar. Now, a funny thing is, you can actually rename your router to, like, Best Buy, I think in all caps, and that's it. And then <laughs> and it'll work. Oh, God. As long as you turn off the security. So that seems like a glitch that I don't know if they've fixed yet, but that's now, funny. starting... Uh, Right now, or no, no, starting very soon. It might be at the at the very end of the Best Buy stuff, but um, if you go to a Nintendo Zone, which is like McDonald's and all these other places, some I, I think Game Dad Grant went to a FedEx location and they had it. Weird. Um, but uh, if you go to a Nintendo Zone and you do the same thing, where you go to the post office and you talk to whoever, uh, you'll get an item. And so they just announced that they're doing some more American DLC, and every two, three weeks or whatever, it's changing up. Or I think it's like two weeks, because there's four items and it goes to the end of September. Mm. So, so yeah, that's all you gotta do. So go to McDonald's and don't eat the food, just get the Yeah, really. Content. Yep. Um, yeah, I found out that there's tons of chemicals in the, uh, the milkshakes, mm-hmm. and then that bummed me out, so I don't really feel the need to ever go there again. I think pretty much all fast food is... I know, but it's just like, the milkshake's really good. <laughs> yeah. And they're full of chemicals. Yeah. Why can't they be full of milk? <laughs> that, that, <laughs> you know? like That was brilliant. So, uh, anyway, but that's... Okay. I don't want to digress into that. Um, Animal Crossing related as well, they mentioned the plaza, which... Have you seen anything about this, man? Not... Well, I've seen a little bit of it. I think I know as much as uh that it's based on um sort of the the, the characters in the games that yeah. you can like view them and post about them or something. It is an app that is separate from anything else. So it runs like an application. Mm-hmm. And it is Warwar Plaza, which is the name of the the plaza that you boot up to, your boot screen on the Wii U mm-hmm. where all the people are and stuff. But it's actually your it's just all characters from Animal Crossing. Okay. And they're talking about themselves and and you can click on any one of them and then it kind of zooms in on them and shows them, and they're in beautiful HD, which, of course, for Animal Crossing, the art design's not really intended for HD, but at the same time, right. they're, the lighting is really nice on the characters. The textures are probably could do a little work, but they're very nice, obviously, because they expect you to zoom in on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you can select it as one of, like whatever guy is your favorite, or you can... Uh, um, you can post about them on Miiverse, and it'll just post to the Animal Crossing community that's on there now, but it'll put a little tag of the character that you chose, and then you can talk about that character. You can upload your pictures from your 3DS by putting your SD card in your Wii, uh, your Wii U, and then you can actually post pictures that you took on the 3DS to the Miiverse, and you can even focus it with those characters. And it's It's a little convoluted in that respect, but it's still really awesome to see all these characters. The thing is, filled with the hundreds of characters that there are uh-huh. all around pretty much the tree that you find in Animal Crossing New Leaf. Uh-huh. And it's all in HD and the textures are nice and the music is very very nice and it's subtle but it's it's such a cool hint at what's to come. Like they cannot now that they've released it they cannot go to a lesser graphical fidelity than they have here. Right. Or that would just piss the world off. So <laughs> and yes well, the whole world. <laughs> 
<laughs> Vladimir Putin weighs in. Maybe this w- was a dumb question, but so is it just then a foregone conclusion that like a uh, Wii U Animal Crossing will be coming soon? It's fully or... expected. There's no confirmedness because why would they? Uh, confirmation is probably the English word. Yeah, for they have another um, word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes I just don't give a shit, but. <laughs> the okay. confirmation uh, does not exist. However, it's implied because of the way that the series has always gone. You had your GameCube version, then your DS version, then your Wii version, now your 3DS version. It right. tends to bounce. And How many years between most of those bounces? About three. Okay. Yeah. All right. So and you think they'll go two or three years before? Well, this app will not work anymore after 2014. What? They said it'll, it'll work through the end of 2014. So that makes people wonder, well, are they already working on a Wii U version Sure. to have for, say, April of 2015 or something? Right, right. And that would be kind of cool. Hmm. Because by then, everyone who at least got in on the 3S version at right now will be definitely burnt out by it. And, uh, I mean, it just pains me to say, very few people actually make it that long. And uh, and gonna, a new, a new coat of paint. you wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you do. Nah, I'm just kidding. Oh, don't be kidding. But uh, so an HD coat of paint and you know more upgrades will definitely entice me to come back. I already know Mr. Mustache is on board, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know I'm sure you would be too uh, if it was if it was you know full of content enough. So and the boards are aflame with uh, with tons of people playing this. So Nintendo could have another hit on their hands if they do it right. And I think timing it for 2015 is probably even maybe a little soon. Mm. Like maybe mid-2015 when there's been two solid years. I don't know if I'd want to play this again just a year and a half later. Well, but... I'm kind of thinking it, it, the how soon it is would really, for me, depend on how much of what I'm doing now could carry over. Because I know that there was there were things you could import from the DS game, you no. Know? Into uh, City Folk? You can import your character, mm. I think. And I think it was kind of limited, though. Okay. I don't feel... You couldn't, like, send your all your items over or anything like that. Okay. Well, that would certainly make it more worthwhile for me. Because, like, I wouldn't... You know, if, as you said, it had been several years and I had, like, completely, uh, you know, concluded my experience with with this game and I was just totally ready to move on to something brand new, then yeah, you know, bring it on. But, um, if it was more recent or should I say closer in the future, then it might be cool if I could, you know, carry some of this over and kind of have a, you know, a little like bridge to that next experience where I don't know what, what it would be, but maybe if like some of my bells or some of my items could transfer or something. Yeah. But obviously, hopefully the overall game would still have a lot of other new things to offer because I know that was one of the major complaints about the transition from, I think it was Wild World City Folk, right? It was too mm-hmm. similar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, significantly so. so. Yeah. For anyone who was playing both. Mm-hmm. For anyone who was just playing console versions, it was a huge upgrade and it came way late. Sure. So, um, a quick note. I did realize that I wrote down that August 11th, which again is probably already elapsed since you're hearing this, but that is uh, the pumpkin pie, and that's when the Animal Crossing downloadable content starts. So yeah, it is the day after the Best Buy stuff's done. I see. So that's kind of neat. Sure. 
And pumpkin pie would have been perfect for my date With room. The turkey. But uh, and I, so now that I have a turkey, I'll probably put the pumpkin pie there and get, give back those New Year's noodles. Probably. And uh, so that'll be cool. Um, <clears throat> again, a lot of other things were mentioned. Pokemon Rumble was mentioned. Mario Luigi Dream Team was mentioned. But that's out by the time you're hearing this. Um, Rayman details still. Um, <laughs> the two things that I just want to mention, I guess, really quick. Uh, Luigi was announced in Smash Brothers, so mind blow. Yep. But can't I can't believe it. It was a cute way to do it, though. The, the way that they used that day to kind of say, hey, you're Luigi. Just a Jab it in your head some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Smash Brothers, and they actually released some cool screenshots, including him. So, so that's cool. He looks great, and seeing his character model in in the 3DS version, and seeing a little bit more of that, just a subtle bit, kind of just making me want that more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll know for sure once I find out what the differences really are in the, in between the two games, because I'm definitely gonna get the Wii U version hands down. That's a mm-hmm. must buy. I would, I'd put my money down right now for it. But the 3S version, I'm sort of not sold on, but I am. So, I don't know. Uh-huh. And the last thing that I want to mention, anyway, even though they did, again, had a lot of stuff to discuss, is uh, the Link Between Worlds, or A Link Between Worlds, the next Zelda game for the handhelds. They showed a lot of new footage, and a lot of new details kind of came out. Vague, but new. Um, they, they, or they, Iwata reiterated... Re-Iwata-aided, um, the, that the overworld looks the same, and that's true, because much of it actually is. However, the dungeons, all the dungeons are brand new. So even though we've seen in previous footage like a similar boss in a similar room, I'm guessing it like parts of that dungeon are completely remade, and they just kind of did that to pay homage. Right. And the Dark World are... He didn't really call it a Dark World, but he implied that Whatever that is. Whatever. A world that is dark. Yeah, a darker world um, is completely new as well. So I'm thinking Hyrule will feel and look the same, but when you go into that dark world, which probably has a lot of content, uh, it's very much different than we remember it. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I mean, that'd be neat. I don't see why, even if it was the same, it wouldn't. they're not remaking the game, so I think there'll be enough new content to satisfy people. Mm-hmm. And really. I like a little continuity in my Zelda games, so I really won't complain if, if the overworld's the same. I mean, it's not like I even remember it to a T. It'll feel more familiar, but it won't feel like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to turn left and see that, that guy there, you know? Right. So that was kind of nice that they showed that. Okay. The next Nintendo Direct, whenever that is, I would really like to see something new, some, something surprising, because not, nothing in this one was surprising, but... Uh, but definitely it was just enjoyable to have kind of an update. I appreciate Nintendo giving us the, hey, heads up, here's yeah. a couple of new tidbits. Yeah, I think it's nice because for a lot of the games, like, you know, when they've... Because they, like, they had uh, one that featured Wonderful 101 mm-hmm. recently. That was today. And, mm-hmm. and for Pikmin, you know, it's nice that these games are getting some attention because I think this is the type of game that normally people would say like, oh, well, Nintendo's not really promoting them enough because it's not Mario and yada yada. So, right. you know, I think Nintendo Direct, even if they don't have a bunch of surprises, as you mentioned, and even if they, uh, you know, coming out 
with uh, a lot of frequency. You know, it's just a means of reminding people about these games that might otherwise get forgotten about. Well, if you so. think about it, Nintendo Power didn't always have exclusives, you know. So uh-huh. you might get an issue where there was just more screenshots and an interview with somebody and just yeah. kind of an update. Yeah. And there is no more Nintendo-focused magazines out there, at least in the States. Yeah. And so you have that hindrance as far as Nintendo getting their information out there. Then you also, by having Nintendo Directs directly to you, um, you don't have to have it filtered through IGN, who is pretty known for bias, and other places that kind of may take your message and filter it in a way that you may not want. Yeah. So I love getting it straight from Wada's mouth, and uh, that sounds wrong. Um, (laughs) And... uh, and, you know, I mean, but I'm just, I'm kind of an unfiltered Nintendo fan. I, I like other things, but I am Nintendo to the bone. And uh, so this just really appeals to me. So, I mean, every time on the podcast, I'll gush about it because, you know, I enjoy getting this information in this way in these periods. And the yeah. wonderful 101 today, now, I guess that'll be the last thing we'll mention, then we should probably sign off here shortly. Uh, we're running out of time, but that actually made me want the game less. Really? Which blew my mind that that happened. Because, not because the game looks bad. The game looks amazing. It looks fun. And I know this is contradictory sounding, but... Yeah, I'm waiting for the but. But, uh, I don't think I would enjoy the gameplay that much. It looks it looks fun for what it is, but I I didn't really... I had no interest in Beautiful Joe. I don't really care for beat-em-ups. Even if this one's kind of got the cool sword and gun and all those kind of cool like maneuvers that you can do and you can combine, it looks cool as a spectacle to me, but I really don't know if I would have fun going through it. And, and they emphasized the fact that when a level's done, you can go through it again to try to like get better scores in different categories, like how fast you did it or how little damage. And I've never really been a fan of going through a level again just to like avoid getting hit less. Sure, um, yeah. Those kind of challenges don't appeal to me, so... While this game looks great, I hope it sells like gangbusters, I don't think I'm going to be one of them. At least not up front. I definitely don't want to pay yeah. full price for this game. 20 bucks down the line? I yeah. definitely might pick it up on a whim. But uh, but yeah, so I, I had an opposite reaction to what I was expecting from this. I was kind of excited to see it. And they had been talking about this special Nintendo Direct for months now. So, uh, so I was quite surprised. Mm. And I think one thing that did bother me too... Every, like, five seconds, the guy was saying, The Wonderful 101, coming out September 15th or whatever. And every, like, little segment they did where they told you something, they ended it with that. And I was like, really? You gotta, like, repeat it so much? Mm-hmm. Now, and at that point, it felt like, instead of kind of an expose on, like, I'd seen a magazine, it felt like it went from magazine uh, article or magazine, what am I thinking, feature, to the next page in a magazine where you'd see the stupid advertisement. Right. You know, of like Mortal Kombat, two kids playing in front of the TV and it's blood dripping. Like suddenly, it just instead of it being a thoughtful article about Mortal Kombat, it just became the stupid two kids in front of the TV ad, uh-huh. like the blue lights coming at you or something. You know, because that's how the advertising was back then. You know. Yeah, well, I know. Um, like an overturned, empty, like Mountain Dew bottle sitting, but just enough so you can't see the logo. And uh, but so it kind of turned me off a little bit. But uh, but I can totally see the quality in the game. And again, maybe I'll be persuaded otherwise. But right now. I don't have time for that. I mean, I'm going to be out of the state again uh, in early September, and when I right when I get back, the day I get back will be the day it comes out, and I can't see myself running to the store to buy it. Mm-hmm. Now when I'm going to have Peekman still sitting here and, and podcasts to edit and shit, you know? 
So, I mean, anything else you want to add about Wonderful 101 or? Uh, no, not really. I was just going to say that, um, uh, you know, I think my, because I used to tune into the Nintendo Directs uh, pretty much up until after E3. You know, I would just, you know, I'd be right there almost like have fresh popcorn in my hand, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I think because, I mean, I just don't expect there to be new surprises. Like you were talking about how, you know, some some people you're surprised that they are a little shocked that there's not all these, you know, huge reveals. But I think just the way the video game companies work, like everything is laid out from now till the end of the year, till after the holidays and, and usually well into the spring. So like, they're just not going to drop any mega announcements right now. I mean, I just Especially I think it's so rare that that ever happens. Yeah, and they definitely emphasized that they wanted to talk about 2013 titles. Mm-hmm. And some people thought that they had heard that they were talking going to talk about new titles, but I frankly, I don't think Nintendo's got anything up their sleeve anymore. No. This is it, and then they're focusing right now on surprising us for, for yeah, like you said, spring. Yeah. You know, what else is going to be paired with Smash Brothers or... Well, Smash Brothers probably won't come out in the spring, but uh, Mario Kart, you know. Well, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. They'll probably just start dripping out uh, information on Kart and Smash, which I think will go very well for mm-hmm. them. Well, yeah, they're going to have the new Mario game in December, and then uh, Mario Kart's probably uh-huh. April, and then uh, Smash will be probably the end of the year, uh, hopefully sooner. But Yeah. All right, with that, I guess we uh, we shall move on to the conclusion. Which, uh, yeah, that wraps up another episode of the Night World Podcast. Please listen to the end of any other podcast uh, that we've produced and hear the same exact thing. <laughs> if you'd like your conclusion today, um, try episodes one through one or one through fifty, not one through one fifty. No, um, I probably should rewrite this. I, I use the same script all the time just because it's easy to get through. Uh, yeah, so we really would like to comment on what you've heard uh, on negativeworld.org. Simply find the thread associated to this episode. If you don't want to subscribe to Negative World, you can reach us through the Facebook page. Simply search for negativeworld.org. Or, and this is a big or, you can follow us on Twitter at negative underscore world. Um, Please subscribe to the Enhanced Podcast. Uh, I think some podcasts tell you to write reviews for them, and I know that probably matters, but um, I don't know. Do it if you like us. But we don't care about what matters. Yeah. Um, if you don't like us, uh, stop listening and don't write a bad review. Yeah. And why are you still listening? Because you like us. You do. You do? Yeah. Look at this guy. He likes us. Hey. Right now, somebody's blushing out there. I know. Yep. Um, I guess one one plug I'll do really quick is uh, Backlogist, because this episode better go out in August, for God's sake. Um, Backlogist is going on. We've uh, got a lot of people doing it right now. And, uh, you know, it's pretty simple this year, even uh, a little bit simpler than it was last year. We're just posting games that have been in our backlogs, and we're trying to knock them out. And we're trying to support each other and trying to talk about them. Uh, Hell, I should rip out Golden Sun 3. That little ditty's been uh, haunting my dreams for like four years now or something. Yeah. Um, Maybe two or three, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so it it felt pretty good to to run and, and share about my... Oracle of Ages success and all that. And I can't wait to sometime this month to say, hey, Xenoblade is done. True. I can't wait. That that's my prime goal. So are you doing anything with Backlogist? Nope. 
Okay, start. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, just uh, I I don't like to have like I I already put enough um, pressure on myself to finish games. I don't need any outside of it. Like well, I no never... one's pressuring anybody. Let's let me get that straight. Nobody, I mean, technically gives a shit. But we just, you know, we're just there to discuss it. That's all it is. Like, no, we're not tracking anything. The only thing I've, I've kind of held Ludist kind of conceive is just, uh, you know, you, you just tell us whatever games you're playing. And then when you beat one, you put it there. But we're not keeping track of who's beaten what or how many people are succeeding. You know, there's no stats or anything like that. So, I mean, I guess if just, it's the same pressure as if you just went to the daily chat thread and said, you know, I had a lot of fun with this game today. I'm going to try to beat it. That's I mean, too, that's too much pressure. Man, um, <laughs> your life uh, is interesting. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. You, you, you teach students, for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> I think there's you experience a lot of pressures that you can handle. So, yeah, sure. Anyway, but uh, whatever. You can just we can have our own backlog. It's just you and me. Well, you know, I mean, maybe I will check it out. I just because, as I told you, you know, I moved recently, and our new apartment is. Uh, like about half the size of our previous one. So um, a lot of my retro consoles went into storage. But in that process, I sort of took, instead of displaying all of my games, uh, most all of them went into storage except for the ones that are remaining from my backlog for mm-hmm. all the different consoles. So it actually kind of helps with any backlog progress because now I just have one pile of backlog games and I can just look at it and be like oh I should play Echo the Dolphin because I bought it a year ago and I really want to play it and then just pull the Genesis out of storage and play it so maybe maybe August will be a good time for me to do that yeah that's backlogs yep (laughs) well we'll hear about that next time hopefully hopefully so thanks Joe for uh, joining me once again Thank you. An excellent co-host. For being joined by me once again. <laughs> I really had no uh, no word in it in the matter. Nope. Um, thank you to listeners for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. a short one and then it never happens. Yeah, it never ever happens. That's because there's no milk in the milkshakes. Yeah, that should be the the title. (laughs) No milk in the milkshakes. Do it. Alright, I'll do it.